0: This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by Korea Train Express's Bullet Train from Seoul to Busan. The KTX 101's smooth riding 305 kilometers per hour will get you to your final destination in no time, come rain, shine, or zombie outbreak. In the sand, the smell of
1: death is on
0: And night when the cold wind blows, no one cares, Hello, my name is Chris.
1: My name is Kelsey.
0: And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. And it's a resurrection week on Pod Cemetery with... 1985's Day of the Dead and 2016's Train to Busan, some zombie movies for us this week in reference to nothing, for no good reason, just having a resurrection week on the show. Starting with our first movie, the classic 1985, Day of the Dead, written and directed, of course, by George A. Romero, wrapping up his original Dead trilogy, starring Laurie Cardiel, Terry Alexander, Joseph Pilato, and Jarlath Conroy. What is Day of the Dead about?
1: A group of soldiers and scientists are on a mission, and it's kind of confusing as to what they're trying to do, but... It's a research mission. Yes. And so the world has already been taken over by zombies. This is after night and dawn. Yes. So, you know, we've been dealing with this for we're not sure how long, but it's been some time to the point where we're now sending out missions to try and figure things out. Yeah. It is not going well. (laughs) This movie is much more of a look into what would happen to us as a society. And when I remind myself that that much time has passed, I guess I can see this as more believable Uh than other movies such as 28 Days Later where it happens in a matter of a month or Train to Busan in which it happens within a couple of hours. Yeah. So I suppose I can believe that humanity has taken a fall, has taken a dive at this point. I guess I believe that more. But anyway... It's really, that's what this movie is about. It's really not about the zombies. They're kind of just...
0: Incidental? Yes. Yes. They're
1: not very important to the story. Kind of like if you've been... We don't watch Walking Dead anymore, but from what we've been told, that's what it is now. Yeah. So...
0: or it's that's o- what is, you're Is into. Walking Dead over now? Is that... Has it ended yet?
1: I think it's still going. I don't know.
0: Is what's his face still on the show? What's his face isn't on the show anymore, right? Oh no,
1: he's been gone for a while, I think.
0: I have a note about him, actually. Oh yeah, season eleven is supposed to end this year. It's ending now. How about that? There you go. Finally.
1: (laughs) Anyway, that's what we've been told that's what it's about now. And if that's what you're into, then this is the movie for you. We're not
0: two recommendations yet. We'll get there. The movie is available. On dozens of services for free with ads, or if you have a subscription, you can rent it for two to four dollars. It is cheapest on Google and YouTube, and you can buy it for seven to ten dollars on plenty of services. Also, again, cheapest on Google and YouTube. Kelsey, should people watch Day of the Dead?
1: If that's what you're into, then yes. If you think that sounds like a whole lot of talking and a whole lot of ideas and concepts that you've heard before in every other zombie movie, which that's not their fault. This was made way before that. Yeah, in fact, you could maybe say that this, I don't really know. I don't know a lot about the zombie culture history because I don't watch a lot of zombie movies in my free time, but I imagine this was one of the first ones that did that. So for the time, this was probably groundbreaking, but it's not for us And if you need a good balance of humans being shitheads and zombies being scary, this is not for you. It's not.
0: That's not what it is. Yeah, I am a little bit of two minds about this. I recognize that this is actually a a good movie. There's a lot to really enjoy about it. They took a smaller budget, half the budget size that they were offered, in order to make it unrated instead of rated R. Uh, so they made this for, I think it was $3.5 million versus the $7 million that they were offered to make a rated R movie. Romero was like, no, not doing it. And yes, they made a very uh, gory movie. This, again, is Tom Savini um, doing great work. The gore in this movie, I think, is fantastic, even though in light of the modern day, you can like see how they do it. It's still really, really well done, and some of the gore is intense, and some of the cool effects, because we're talking about scientists, there's some laboratory stuff going on here that's really fucking freaky, and I think all of that is really cool. That said, I'm making kind of a proclamation, i told this to Kelsey before, I think I might be done with zombie movies. Unless you're doing something really cool and unique, I have seen it. Every single zombie movie is the same fucking thing. It's the same thing. There's some people that are just good people that are trying to survive and do the right thing. And they're beset by other humans that aren't zombies who are selfish and greedy and power hungry. And they turn into the real. The real monster is man, Kelsey. Like, I'm really fucking tired of it. Yes, I get it. It's all a metaphor for other things. And yes, this was 1985 but still in 2022 i think i might be done with zombie movies despite that i recognize that this is good but it is a lot of talking a lot of people being assholes to each other
1: yes just a whole lot of wow and I hate not a people. lot of zombie oh,
0: cool stuff cool. one thing we haven't mentioned is there is there's a sort of what they're what they're doing is they're trying to i guess Answer the zombie question, right? Like, how do we... What is a solution to dealing with the zombies, right? And is it training them is sort of what it... Like, we learn a lot about how their brains work, how their bodies work after death. We learn a lot about that because the scientists keep talking at us. Uh, And then we learn that zombies, because they still have some, like, tapped into their human instinct, they can be trained,
1: and right, you start and to see that you know, here they, with Bub, they, famously Bub. Is it Bub? I thought it was Fido.
0: No, it's Bub. Yes. So there's
1: a movie called Fido where they kind of do the same thing. They do like menial work. Yes, and one of them has it as a dog, and that's why it's called Fido. And I don't remember
0: anything about that movie.
1: It's 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 kind of funny. I liked it. <laughs> but no, we um, watched it together.
0: Yeah. I just I don't remember anything about it.
1: But. You know, there are movies that have taken this concept and run with it. I mean, they did it at the end of Shaun of the Dead, you know? Yeah. He's his friend and they play video games together. Yeah. You know, and I mean, and they they had already tapped into that at Dawn of the Dead where people were doing... Things that they remember doing, yeah, and uh, now they're turning that into what if we could actually control that? Right. Behavior. This is a
0: very cohesive trilogy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I mean, it's it's three completely separate scenarios told at different times during a zombie outbreak, and it it's really looking at the same issue from three different lenses. And I think it does that very very effectively.
1: It's very good. It's just not very it's, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> is that weird? Long. Is that weird?
0: It is a little long. Yeah. You're like, okay, come on, get to the good stuff, and the real action and violence doesn't happen until, like, the very end, when just fucking everyone dies.
1: Yeah, and some of those scenes are really intense. Uh
0: Uh-huh. So you can take our advice or leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 1985's Day of the Dead.
1: In Night of the Living Dead, director George A. Romero created a motion picture so uniquely terrifying, it became a classic. Then, in Dawn of the Dead, he took his extraordinary vision of horror one step further. Now, George A. Romero takes us out of the night, beyond the dawn, and into the darkest day of horror the world has ever known. Day of the Dead. From United Film Distribution, a Laurel Production. Due to scenes of violence, no one under 17 admitted.
0: Now playing in a theater near you. Check newspapers for listings. All right, Kelsey, get us started. How does Day of the Dead begin?
1: Our main character, Sarah, is having a dream, but you don't know it's a dream. Uh huh. She's looking at the month of October. And I guess it's just kind of trying to remind you that time has passed.
0: Yeah, but also she feels like trapped what what, the impression that we get is it's it's sort of like a cell almost it's it's cinder block walls painted white there's nothing in this cell with her except for this calendar on the wall that she is staring at and all the days in october are marked off and people did the math and they're like "Eh, if if those days landed (laughs) then it takes place in 1985 or 1984 or whatever like around the time so they talk about time slip do you know what time slip is time slip is where Every movie in a trilogy or in a series or anything um, takes place in the quote-unquote like modern day. It takes place today, but they're only separated by each other by a little bit. So even though the original was in the 60s, this isn't 20 years later, even though it does take place in the 80s. So they take place in the 60s and the 80s, but they're only so far apart. They're not 20 years apart. You know what I mean? That's that's called time slip. It happens a lot with comic books. How do you continue writing comic books for 70 years, the same character, right? How does Spider-Man always in college? You know what I mean? <laughs> that's how. you. It's time slip.
1: Okay. Got it. That's how... Bart and Lisa never grew. up.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And yet it, you know, they have to keep compensating for that. Like in the original, uh Homer and Marge met in the 70s, right? <laughs> now they met in the 90s. Isn't that upsetting? Stop it. Isn't that upsetting? <laughs> it's not okay. It's called time slip. It's really anyway. not okay. <laughs> so, yes. You can figure out that, okay, you know what year it is. But that's not the point. The point is, is that time passes and she is a prisoner to her reality.
1: And all of the month of October, the movie's called Day of the Dead. Yes. You know? Yes. November 1st.
0: Yeah, exactly. Dia de los Muertos.
1: I don't know if that's what they meant, if they were going for that. I don't know. I mean,
0: Romero's dad was like Spanish, I want to say. But yeah, I don't. I don't think that's what they were going for.
1: <laughs> well, I noticed it. Yes. <laughs> anyway, the hands coming through the wall—it's just—it's just a classic. Uh huh. You love it. You see it in every it's zombie great. movie. If it's not there, it's not okay. So yes, good this with that. the
0: movie will be bookended by two dreams where our main character Sarah wakes up shocked because something because a dream is happening, you know, and it's interesting it's a little chill it's more chill than any dead uh, any movie in this trilogy has been so far you know what I mean like it's oh she wakes up and it's oh this is my reality it's very thoughtful you know is she hallucinating like none of the other movies do
1: that but so she is on a she's fell asleep on a helicopter yeah <laughs> I don't know if I believe that but okay uh and she is on a mission with what is the Guy's job, who is not her boyfriend, who is not the helicopter pilot. What is his job? Oh, McDermott? What does he do?
0: I don't know. The Irish dude, McDermott. Interestingly, actually Irish. Meanwhile, the Jamaican, Terry Alexander, playing John, the Jamaican, he's from Detroit. (laughs) Just thought that was interesting. Uh, I I don't remember what he does. It's not important he's the help, right? He's not a scientist. And he's not uh, a soldier, right? We have two people that are basically the help. It's it's John the Jamaican, who is the pilot, and it's McDermott. I don't know. Is he the cook? I don't know what he is.
1: I don't remember. Anyway, they are out on this mission. They're going out into the city and trying to find survivors. Ah! And I don't know if the implication is that there are no survivors. At least not
0: in the places they keep checking. They're running out of survivors, and there are only so many zombies, because they're also rounding up zombies.
1: Right, and the doctor is going to make a crazy claim that, like... They totally outnumber us, and that there's like very few survivors left. But
0: yeah, it's a claim that doesn't mathematically make a lot of sense. To yeah, be yeah.
1: And I just, I've always been of the opinion like if you survived, other people survived. But is the idea that they found all of the survivors? They haven't found any here. Well, I the, don't know. The
0: implication from the doctor's math, I think, is it comes out to be. There are 600 people left alive in all of the United States, based on his math. 600? Yes.
1: Well, whatever. Which is not – it's
0: not enough to start a civilization. You need thousands.
1: At this point, we know how to take them out. Yeah. We know how they've been getting around. We know – But
0: ammo is a consideration. There's only so much. There's no mass manufacturing of goods.
1: I suppose, but like, you think you'd come up with a better solution than just shooting wildly. Yeah, there's way too much wild
0: shooting, you're right. When you know
1: specifically (laughs) it's their heads.
0: So many times they're just doing spray and pray, and it's like, you guys are fucking idiots. You mentioned that there's limited ammunition, and you know exactly how to kill them. We've known since the first Night of the Living Dead. Yes. And yet you're still spraying and praying.
1: Yeah, it's dumb. The fuck are you doing? It's dumb. But Sarah, she is the most gung-ho about finding survivors.
0: <laughs> She's the least insane, it almost feels like.
1: <laughs> well, from the way that she talks about it later in the film, it's it's the only thing she knows to do anymore. Is
0: just to keep going.
1: Yes. Yeah. Keep going with the mission, go further, go deeper, go mm-hmm. harder. Because what else do I do when the
0: military starts to fall apart? Asking questions like, Why are we here? Why are we sacrificing our people for this? F- these fucking scientists, you know, they start falling apart. She's like, What's the alternative? Right? This is our only hope and right the now. The Jamaican just keep doing has what we're a doing. great
1: idea. Yeah, let's, let's just go chill. Start restart civilization on an island uh, somewhere. Yeah. Sounds good to me.
0: Well, that's where the series is going to go. After this in- initial trilogy, there's still more movies. Land of the Dead, I think it is, takes place on an island. But I haven't seen any of those. And
1: like I said, at this point, you'd think they'd be more interested in finding ways to kill them en masse. If the goal is not to figure out how to s- how to stop it, if the goal is not to figure out how to cure it, which the other scientists will say that that's pointless. Uh-huh. Although I'm not sure why. (laughs) If those are out the window, then why not figure out a way to kill them en masse?
0: Yeah. Drop some bombs, man.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Anyway.
0: Who is on this mission? We have John, we have Dermot, we have Sarah, and we have Miguel, who is a soldier, but also Sarah's boyfriend.
1: And also Hispanic. Yes. Which means that the rest of the soldiers do not accept him.
0: Yes, they... Con, just constant slurs.
1: Yes. He is upset because his girlfriend is more capable than he is.
0: He's kind of breaking down a little bit. He's losing it.
1: And I get why out of all those guys, that would be the one she would pick. But yeah. why pick any of them? But it kind it's like, Man, well... Man,
0: it's the end of the world. Slim pickings. I guess.
1: <laughs> But John like, seems
0: nice <laughs> Dermot seems
1: nice He's not going to be able to protect you in any way
0: And what, how do you mean?
1: Like, if your worry is You need some sort of physical protection He's going to be the least Physically capable well, of protecting you Well I don't think you. it's
0: necessarily physical protection I think it's physical That's
1: constant, that is a constant threat to her Oh yeah She doesn't seem phased by it But that's just her tough right, exterior but he does have a
0: gun you know, he is part of the military.
1: Yeah, but he's a wimp.
0: Well, that's because he's losing his mind. I don't think he's necessarily a wimp all the time. Mm-hmm. I think now he's he's suffering from exhaustion and despair.
1: Well, he's gonna run away even though we know the zombies can barely walk in this series. Yeah. I don't see zombies in this context are only scary in if, large groups. If you are surrounded. Yeah, uh huh so I don't know why he'd be afraid since they were just shuffling towards you could, him and you had tons of space. Yeah, you
0: could walk away from it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. Which is kind of her point. Like, she's just like, man, no survivors, <laughs> just staring at these uh-huh. dead As people. As they're, like,
0: walking towards her, she's because like, Because they're
1: of not gonna bitch. get anywhere near it's you. It's not a threat.
0: Yeah, uh-huh.
1: Which is my big problem. They are not scary at all. Well,
0: they are when, especially in, in They are at the these end movies. of the
1: film yeah. when they get them no. in their tight when quarters. When there's
0: a lot of them- And when they surprise you, when they're around a corner, or you don't know that they're right there.
1: I just can't believe... Okay, so let's explain. That's only a tiny portion of why they are here to find these survivors, which they do not find. The main goal is to collect specimens. Yes, that means zombies. Mm -hmm. Live zombies. Collect them and experiment on them. Yeah. Okay? I can't believe that they don't have a way of doing this perfect at this point. Well, they have a Herding system. cattle. Yeah, but their system is really janky. And they say they've lost how many men at this point? Five? Mm-hmm. They just keep from this men. process alone? And I'm just like, again, how have you not got this down to a science? Right because yeah. they seem very
0: Well, when they come back,
1: ill-equipped to do this. When they come
0: back to the mine, which is where all this takes place. It's a real mine, it's a real Ugh. old mine.
1: God, and talk about boring set pieces. Yeah.
0: They were filming there. There are some interesting places in this mine. Like there's there's hallways where once it feels like a Bond villain lair, right? Where on one side of the hallway is the white cinder block wall. And then on the other wall, it's just the rock of the mountain that you're inside. Like, that's kind of cool. But yes, it they're just underground for, like, the entire fucking movie.
1: Remember, Dawn of the Dead has the (laughs) mall and has all the fun things you can uh do and see in the mall. This doesn't have
0: that at all. There's no
1: fun in this movie. (laughs) No fun to be had at all. That's right. (laughs) That's
0: right. Anyway, they get back to this mine, which... Again, real mine used for like storage. Like you could, at large corporations could, and governments or whatever could rent space and you just store shit. So they're filming in a real place that's really used for real commerce. But anyway, they get back and they find that the commander who leads the military is dead. He got sick, I think, and then he just died while they were gone. And now we have our main villain. So to say, Joseph Pilato playing Rhodes, he's now the ranking soldier and he's like, I'm taking over and I call the shots.
1: And he is the most evil, maniacal one of them all.
0: Yep. And again, before this was so tropey, I'm sure that was fascinating. But now I've seen too much of it. It's uninteresting. You know who I don't care about? I don't care about your governors. I don't care about your Negans, right? It's not until they make them interesting by making them more human and less villainous that I actually find them interesting. Rhodes is never human. He is never justified. They're talking about, why should we be here protecting these scientists or whatever? Like, we don't approve of your mission. It's like, that's not your job. If you're all gung-ho about how we're soldiers, we're the military, da-da-da-da-da, then you understand that you need to follow orders. That's your job. And your orders are to stay here and protect them. You don't get to give the scientists orders. They don't work for you. And you don't work for them. You work for the military who gave you orders. So I don't see how you can be all gung-ho and military and at the same time reject your orders. It's just because what's happened is now they're just wild. You'll notice a lot of his soldiers, lots of laughter, lots of yelling.
1: Everyone's gone insane.
0: Yeah, people are losing it. They're going feral.
1: But it's funny because they're all smoking weed.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We do find, because somebody's growing weed on the surface, we see. But we do find that uh, the place where she was when she had her dream at the beginning is actually her bedroom. Also, her medical office, I guess, where she tries to sedate her boyfriend, Miguel, and he's not having any of it. He slaps her. She gets pissed. He starts apologizing. And she's like, no, I don't care. So he, she, like, holds him and sedates him anyways. You are losing it. You need to sleep.
1: <laughs> yes, but that sleep won't help him.
0: No, later she'll kick him out entirely. Mm-hmm. But yes, that is her room. It's it's not as big. It's smaller, but it's not as bare in reality.
1: But the reason he melts down is because he drops the corralling.
0: Yeah, they got they have those rods that animal control might use, you know, where they got the ropes or whatever and they wrap it around the neck and
1: And this is why it's so dangerous. It's like uh-huh. this shit can happen. It's like but don't they have this down to a science at the ranches?
0: Right. But it's because they're assholes and misogynist. Uh, Steele, who's one of Rhodes' uh, soldiers, probably his head soldier, right? Demands Miguel. Yeah, it's our time. We're, we're, we're corralling zombies or whatever. You got to get up here. And Sarah's like, he can't do it. He's fatigued. He's going to make a mistake. He knows he's fatigued, but he doesn't want to be told what to do. He doesn't want to be told he's not capable. Because that would be tragic to him, right? And so, but she insists. But Steel is like, no, if he doesn't do it, you can't do it. You're a lady. You're not strong enough. You got tits in a vagina, and yeah, you're not strong enough. And she's like, Neither is he. He's gonna collapse.
1: I'm coming up.
0: You're not strong enough for up here. Send up the pole. I'll watch out for Lover Boy. Don't worry. What
1: do you mean I'm not strong enough?
0: I've done it dozens of times. I don't want you up here, lady. Send up the pole. They're getting closer. He's collapsing, for
1: Christ's sake. Look at him. Let go of the pole. Listen to me. Let go of the
0: goddamn pole. Here they come. Let's go! Which is exactly what happens. He ends up falling off the platform that they're on and fucking things up. And that's when she has to sedate him.
1: Right. And because he drops it, one guy almost gets mauled by one.
0: Yeah. uh But he
1: doesn't because she saves the day. So we get to meet the main doctor, Dr. Logan. I don't know why, but he really reminded me of the doctor from Leprechaun Four. In space. (laughs) I don't know why. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, he's a little mad. (laughs) Right?
1: Yeah. But he's not evil.
0: No, but he's a little mad.
1: He's gone a little crazy. But nothing he's doing...
0: We find out he is doing something that's a little bit grotesque.
1: But nothing is nefarious. Nothing's
0: nefarious, right. Yes. He
1: has no intention of killing everybody or anything like that. Really, or- the
0: other shoe-dropping for the soldiers rejecting these scientists' plans is when they find out that Dr. Logan has been feeding zombies... Human remains.
1: As a reward, which he says over and over again. I'm like, what else could he mean?
0: Right. How else could he could he reward a zombie? Think like dog training. You know, you do your little clicker. You tell them what to do. They do it. You or you give click it treat. and you give them a treat, right? And so this is their treat. It's human flesh. And these are people that are already dead. But he'll also, like, steal bodies. Including
1: he'll have them, the soldiers yeah, who have died. Whenever
0: somebody dies, he puts a zombie in their casket. So they bury a zombie. And he keeps the body to experiment on and use as treats.
1: Which I get both sides of that argument. I get, I get
0: how it's grotesque, right? But we oh, are living in grotesque. a zombie po- apocalypse. Ooh,
1: ooh. oh my God! These scenes are are nasty. Yeah,
0: it, it, fantastic.
1: Yes, but and very uncomfortable and squirmy yes. and uh, uh-huh. I did not enjoy these scenes. But what he's showing, we already told you is that he's finding ways to gain control over their mind. And he can do yeah. so, like, with crazy surgery, right? And that's what Sarah points out. She's like, who could possibly do this? And he's like, we don't have to. I, as you can see, have one chained up, very much like Fido. right? Yeah. And he's training him just like a dog, like we said. And he's learning things, which Sarah had mentioned earlier, which, again, we had seen already in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah because the point is is that these things he according to this doctor can live 10 to 12 years. So if we want to wait them out dying it would take a very long time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we learn all about how it doesn't matter what what happens to their bodies or anything like that. Everything still works because the brain is still firing.
1: As long as the brain is intact, it will go after food. It doesn't matter if it doesn't even have a body.
0: Yeah, it doesn't need a heart to pump blood. It doesn't need lungs. To uh, bring oxygen to the brain, it's all running on its most basic functionality.
1: Right, but I'm like, if you've already seen Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, we kind of already knew that.
0: Right, but they, they dive more, like, this is very heavily lore building. More so than any of the other movies. I say any, there have only been two in this trilogy so far. But yes, it is the most lore heavy, this is what zombies are and this is how they work.
1: Right, and this upsets Sarah because she's just like, I want to find out what's causing it. I want to stop it from happening. I want to maybe find a cure. And he's like, that's impossible. We can't do that.
0: Yeah, uh uh-huh. He says, effectively, yeah, we could do that. And we could spend a long time researching that and potentially never get there, die before that happens. Or we can do the faster, more expeditious thing, which is learn how to cope with them existing. Learn how we can control them. Then, yeah, it'll take longer to find the cure that way. But it's a longer, safer solution. In his mind.
1: Vic Dermott, he's like their comms guy. Because he's complaining That's about... He is? Okay. He's complaining about the technology that they have.
0: That's right. He's like, yes. even
1: if there are survivors, they can't possibly hear us with the technology you've given and us. And he
0: gives us the line, all the shopping malls are closed. Yeah. This is during a meeting that Rhodes calls, just basically to give everyone the lay of the land. This is how things are working now.
1: Yeah, including a long explain, like a long, long scene of him saying he's going to kill Sarah, just because she refuses to sit down.
0: And he's not going to kill her. He's going to command Steel to kill her.
1: Right. To and show Steel that he is, in is like, oh
0: yeah, come on. I'm not going to any. Then he pulls the gun on Steel. And he's like, you know, basically, are you being insubordinate? You do what I tell you to do. Right. And then steal will. And then ultimately she sits down. The problem with this scenario at this moment in the movie is that, as I said earlier, the scientists don't report to the military. He is not in charge of her. He can't tell her to do shit, except for the fact that he realizes they have all the guns. He is now basically staging a coup. He's putting things under martial law because he is the martial force. So of course he wants things to be, he wants people to do what he says. He's not the one in charge, so he's going to make himself be the one in charge. It's the most pathetic, oh, you got to prove to everyone you got a big dick, huh? Like, it's just the, I hate people like that. Oh yeah, well I got a gun, so now you'll do what I have to say. Yeah, but... It's pathetic that that's what it takes for people to listen to you. It's because you don't have any good ideas. You fucking suck. You're only proving that you're pathetic. That's why I'm not a big fan of people that are like, you know, try to make people do things because I'm stronger. You'll do it or else I'll beat you up. It's like, eh, it's pathetic. You suck. (laughs) He's not a good guy. He sucks. He's a wimp that needs a gun to prove his worth. And But he... Knows he can do it. He knows that if he pulls a gun on people, they'll do what he says, and if they don't, he's just crazy enough to have him shot. Then they'll definitely do what
1: he tells them. It is at this point when he's yelling about his authority that the doctor shows up and explains to him why he is wrong about his beliefs and how we have to control them and all this stuff and the soldier's just like i'm in charge i'm in charge and the doctor's just like all right fine you are the one with the gun but i'm trying to rationalize the situation to you which john will later be like He won't shoot the doctor because the doctor will be able to talk circles around him Uh because it's like he's smarter than the soldier. So he Uh kind of confuses him. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's one of the things he says is is like, what are you going to do? Leave and go where? Your best hope is protecting us so we can find out a solution to this problem.
1: I found it a little unbelievable that those soldiers would allow a guy that was not originally in charge to treat them that way.
0: Well, because it's rank.
1: I understand, but like he wasn't that high of rank before. Th- he was one of them, just like yesterday.
0: But he's still a higher rank than they are. And it's called a field promotion, where somebody dies, or you need a role fulfilled, and without a big ceremony or a decision being made, just whoever's highest rank gets promoted.
1: I, I understand how uh-huh. it works. I'm, I don't believe that these particular characters, at this point in time, based on their sanity levels would be would allow this guy to kick them around like this.
0: But which characters? The soldiers. No, see, that's the exact reason why I would believe it, is because they are soldiers. It doesn't matter if they are one rank higher than you, they can tell you to do something and you do it.
1: I understand that. Uh-huh. I don't think in this context they would behave that way. I it's think-
0: the only structure they know. And it is pounded into you in the military. You might lose it. But you always respond to the person in charge.
1: After that scene, we're going to get a really long, another long scene. Like, these scenes just go on and on. And I get it. There's a lot to unpack here and a lot to talk about. But if you've seen other movies that have talked about it, these scenes just feel like they never end. The next scene is where John is going to talk to Sarah about why he and McDermott don't believe in what she's doing there how they think that they should just escape from here and go and live on an island somewhere and this is where she's going to explain that i can't see how you can do that why aren't you more concerned about the future and it's just like we are we're both concerned about the future but we both see a very different future yeah and they don't they don't understand that and it's just a really long conversation
0: McDermott has this sort of mindset of Yeah, I know, this alcohol isn't going to last forever, so I might as well enjoy it while it's here. It's better than just not drinking it at all, and then what's the point of even having it, you know? He's always kind of drunk.
1: (laughs) The most interesting scene is when we see the doctor really trying to teach Bub. It's kind of weird, I wish they didn't make it, like, about his parents... Where he talks about him and his mom. Oh and,
0: yeah! Like I
1: wish they didn't do that. I he's thought got that his was strange. Own sort
0: of neuroses, yeah. <laughs> right, but
1: we don't really get a lot of context for it. It's uh-huh. just kind of there, and it's just there to be creepy. And yes, that is creepy. Agreed. And yes, this is a horror movie, but like, it felt weird. Yeah. and I don't know, but but they
0: needed they needed this doctor to be off his rocker.
1: Yeah, but so he's trying to teach Bub all these things, and. They show you that he remembers uh, shaving. They show you that he didn't care about brushing his teeth, <laughs> but he did like to read. Uh huh. And the book is, of course, Salem's, Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot.
0: If you remember, we did cover a Romero King joint on this show, which Kelsey famously dislikes. Creep Show.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Creep Show. <laughs>
0: It doesn't help that, that one of the biggest segments is full of cockroaches and shit.
1: <laughs> no, doesn't help at all. But so he shows them that he even can get him to talk. Hello, Aunt Alicia, which I don't know why. I guess it's because he sees him as kind of like his dad, but also kind of like his brother. I don't know. Say hello, Aunt Alicia. Hello, Aunt Alicia. Hello but he gets him to say hello aunt alicia and that's when we find out that rhodes has been watching and he's disgusted by what he does
0: not approve of this but it's not his job to approve
1: but he's mad because he didn't know that this is what the guy was doing but then again neither did the other scientists no but so he's just like what the fuck and then when he sees that the guy that Bub salutes him, the doctor's like, "He must have been in the military. Salute him salute back." Him back and yeah. He's like, "Fuck that! I'm not going to salute a, a zombie," and that pisses Bub off. Yeah, uh-huh. and the doctor gives him. Yeah, and the doctor salutes him, and the doctor gives him a gun with no bullets in it to see how he reacts. And he tries to shoot Rhodes. Yeah, Rhodes uh-huh. for being a dick, I uh-huh. guess. <laughs> and that gets Rhodes even more upset. Uh-huh.
0: The Rhodes, Bub, like, the, they're they're kind of foils for each other. It's, it's that thing where they're showing that, oh, you know, again, the real monsters are man. Rhodes is the actual villain. He's the one that's become less human. Meanwhile, this zombie is exhibiting more humanity than Rhodes is. Mm-hmm. So they are foils for each other.
1: And the doctor explains, like, this is the beginning of civilized behavior. This is how we get them to not attack us. Uh
0: And it's to the point where the doctor can get close, even put his hands and arms near his mouth. And he might have an instinct to bite him.
1: But he doesn't. But he doesn't.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. It's like training a dog. And and, And they do establish it's never through punishment. It is only through reward. Positive reinforcement. So in another day they're rounding up more zombies. Miguel is on the ground so there's nothing for him to fall off this of. This
1: was not Miguel's fault. It
0: was not. The the, collar the rod broke. he's using that collar breaks on it and one of the zombies gets away. But
1: of course nobody's going to believe that.
0: It doesn't matter though because he gets bit in the process.
1: He gets bit but also another guy full on dies. And Sarah very quickly cuts off the hand, cauterizes the wound. And of course, Steel wants to shoot him. And she's just like, why not try and see if this if works? This works. What if it changes,
0: he... I'll kill him myself.
1: Yeah, and yeah. they, of course, don't believe that she'll do that.
0: But John is there, too, because she takes him to the Ritz, which is where John and McDermott live and hang out like it's a beachfront property or whatever. And there's sort of a confrontation between the scientists and the help. And the soldiers, right, protecting one of the soldiers, Miguel, who all the rest of the soldiers didn't like already, Mm -hmm. who was a fuck up and a different race than them and might be turning into a zombie. And so there's this whole confrontation. Now, the idea of amputating the affected area in order to protect you from the disease is an idea that Robert Kirkman will bring back for The Walking Dead. It happens to Rick in the comic books during the confrontation with the governor. His hand has to get cut off. They don't do that in the TV show. Instead, one of the character's legs gets amputated, if I remember correctly. Rick is the one that does it. Rick never gets his hand cut off on the TV show. Instead, in the Telltale game, Lee has to amputate his arm, like his forearm, when he gets bitten. To see if maybe that will prevent it from spreading. So this does sort of like set up a concept in zombie movies that does get explored more throughout zombie culture.
1: But so she and John, Sarah, John, and McDermott are all going to be like, we need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Shit's going south. Mm-hmm. And they are very concerned that the soldiers are going to turn on them, which they should be because they do. <laughs> yes. So well after they find out that the doctor has been yes. using the soldiers bodies which just really pisses them off he- but we get a fun scene where Bub yes. listens to the Beethoven's Ninth. Exactly. The-
0: about is he teaches him how to use buttons. He turns uh, a tape player on and off in order to make music through the headphones, and it's music that he likes. Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. It's really interesting. And then we see him. He thinks he's alone, but I think it's McDermott and Sarah are watching him, but also so is Rhodes, Mm -hmm. and they don't know that Rhodes is there. But we see Logan feed Bub a bucket of slop which we will find out is actually human remains. Here's the question. Does he bathe Bub? Because we never see Bub covered in blood, except for in this moment. Mm. So, like, if he feeds him human remains and there's blood everywhere, how is he not just constantly covered in blood? But he's not. Later on in the movie, you'll see he's been cleaned up again anyway. Now, Bub doesn't see this, but what ultimately happens is Rhodes unloads on Logan, killing him. And you can see where this is going. (laughs) So, what's happening in all this chaos that's coming about now, Kelsey? Where does everyone go?
1: When the guy gets bitten, I think that's when they start coming inside their facilities. Yes. Not quite. Oh, no! It's because Miguel fucks them over. They do
0: come from both So, they start to gather at the mine, right? That where the corral is. And when things start going south between the scientists and the soldiers... Soldier in love with a scientist, now missing an arm, Miguel. <laughs> he goes up the elevator, but oh. he destroys the controls on the ground, like underground.
1: Yeah, because at this point, hasn't Rhodes sent Sarah and McDermott out into the wild of the of the zombies? Yes, and they've kept they John send them into they need the, the mine. Helicopter. Yeah,
0: and and John's like, I'm not going to do it if you kill them. And they're like, Yes, you will, or we'll kill you. And John's like, Fuck it, I will die. And they get into a big fight, and John ends up knocking Rhodes out when it's just the two of them, and taking his gun. And Rhodes is going to wake up and realize he doesn't have a gun. Meanwhile, McDermott and Sarah are in the mines in the dark, trying to survive amongst all these zombies. So Miguel realizing that everything's gone to shit. And the only people who seem to be in power right now are the soldiers, and his girlfriend's going to get killed, and the soldiers hate him anyway. He goes up the elevator to the surface, destroys the controls at the bottom so they can't stop him. He opens up the gate where all the zombies have gathered. He lays down on the elevator again and allows himself to be eaten. Once he knows there's a bunch of zombies on the elevator, he hits the controls that are in his hand lowering the elevator again, and there is nothing they can do to stop these zombies from coming in. It's a great moment where the elevator lowers down, and they're all just standing there, and then they start to, like, fall off of the elevator. It's really interesting.
1: And in this moment, Rhodes is going to screw the rest of the soldiers over by locking them in.
0: Well, he takes their little cart, their little golf cart thing that they use to get around, and he speeds off and doesn't wait for his men and they end up getting into fights and they get fucked up.
1: And in. then he locks the door behind him.
0: Yeah. Steel ends up killing himself.
1: Yes. Because he doesn't he's want down to, turn to his into last one bullet of them. and
0: he doesn't want to turn into them. Yeah. The laughing guy dies.
1: He gets eaten. Yeah. Oh, okay. So when he gets is it him that gets torn apart the fir- the first one i think he's Whoever the first the one fir- to get torn apart that yeah. is a the really horrific scene that is a really horrific scene of him just screaming in agony as he is being torn apart it is not oh nothing his about head it gets
0: pulled off and
1: nothing about it feels silly nothing about it feels yeah. funny nothing about it is it's It just sucks you in. It feels very real. They
0: did a really good job on the gore effects, like I was saying earlier. And they, yeah, they rip his head off and the jaw is still moving like he's still trying to scream, but he can't. It's very obviously not real, but it looks stunning, Mm -hmm. especially for 1985.
1: Yeah, it's a chilling scene. Mm -hmm. Well done. But then they're going to do it again. They're
0: going to do it again. (laughs) Yes, for Rhodes. Which you're almost like, maybe we
1: should have just kept that for Rhodes. Right. So that it does, we didn't need
0: multiple ones we
1: yeah like you just gave that to us but it was with a character we didn't really give a shit about right yeah and, and it, unless you were gonna make a bigger thing about Bub finding him than you did mm-hmm. like you should have kept that for Rhodes
0: Bub is smart enough he's he's not even trying really he's just touching things and experimenting and he's curious and he realizes that the only thing keeping his chain attached to the wall is this little peg. But he doesn't even recognize that right now. He's just playing with the peg and it falls out and the chain drops to the floor. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm free. I can walk around. (laughs) Where's that fucker, Rhodes? Where's where's that bitch who called me a walking carpet? (laughs) (laughs) And he ends up finding him and shooting him. He finds a a loaded gun and he remembers, you know, his training from the military or whatever. And he uses a gun to attack. Rhodes, who's stumbling down the hallway trying to get away, he opens a door and there's that shot, you know, from the zombies' perspective. All the arms coming in from the side of the frame and Rhodes screaming. And yes, they tear him apart as Bub watches and he screams, "Choke on him, his guts!" Oh, I didn't hear it because they're like eating. Choke on him. He does. He says it twice.
1: I did not hear it.
0: Apparently, that was a. Pilato edition. He added that. And then Bub does his salute, (laughs) you know, almost dismissively. And then he just stumbles away and he walks away. And I think, if I remember correctly, I don't know if it's in comic books or if it's in one of the future movies like Land of the Dead or something. I think Bub becomes like a zombie leader. I seem to remember him walking underwater. Is that how they get to the island in Land of the Dead? I don't know. I've never seen it. Meanwhile, back in the tunnel, John tries to rescue Sarah and McDermott, who are in the mine without any protection. But now he has a gun. And there's a lot of confrontations with zombies. There's this great shot of McDermott standing against a wall under a red light, like it looks like something out of Creepshow, where... He's trying to take a drink from his flask, and as he lifts it to his lips, he looks and he turns and he sees we see the shadow, but he sees a zombie coming at him. He's like, <gasps> it's, it's this look he gives. Which is absolutely hilarious. Man, I'm just trying to have a drink. <laughs> I'll go get it. It'll be on Twitter. You'll see it on our Twitter at Von Cemetery. But yes, they need to get out, which eventually they do. They need to get to the helicopter and hope that that the soldiers refueled it when they brought it in last time. And as they get to the helicopter, Sarah opens the door of the helicopter. A zombie is inside and reaches out and she screams, waking her up from her dream. We see she's on a beach next to the helicopter. <laughs> and she's looking at McDermott. And John, who are also on the beach, John is fishing. And they're living a peaceful sort of life on the beach. She has a calendar, which where she got it, I don't know. <laughs> she went back to her room first. No, we know she didn't. <sighs> but she's, oh no, no, she draws it herself. That's what it is. She draws her own calendar and marks off November 4th. It's been a couple of days since the beginning of the movie. And they're peaceful and on the beach, just three of them. I thought four sure McDermott was going to die. I have my note here. McDermott's shovel kill was really cool. He hits a zombie in the face, right in the mouth with a shovel, and slams it down on the ground, and then cuts the head off at the mouth with a shovel, which is really cool. And then I wrote, there's no way this guy lives. (laughs) I wrote, there's a great kind of old-timey shot of him trying to take a drink from his flask and getting surprised by a zombie. But yes, McDermott is definitely dying. Mm -hmm. And then he does it. Nope. Which was nice.
1: It was nice.
0: Sarah... McDermott and John all live.
1: Just like John wanted to on an island. Yeah, just
0: the three of them go into an island somewhere. And if I remember correctly, yes, the island does eventually get overrun. Anyway, so Kelsey, what do you think Day of the Dead has on Rotten Tomatoes?
1: I'm sure it's pretty high. I'll guess 87.
0: 83. Day of the Dead may arguably be the least haunting entry in George A Romero's Undead trilogy. But it will give audiences plenty to chew on with its shocking gore and scathing view of society. I don't think it's a lot to chew on. It's shit we've heard before.
1: Well, it wasn't at the time.
0: Yeah. Metacritic of 60. Do you think that's overrated or underrated?
1: i say a little overrated.
0: Now, we have Night of the Living Dead which had a 97 Rotten Tomatoes. We each gave a 90. Then there's Dawn of the Dead, original, which had a Rotten Tomatoes of 93. We each gave an 89. There's the remake that had a 75. You gave a 79. I gave a 75. So with that said, what would you give this movie, the last in the original Dead trilogy?
1: I'm going to give it a 79.
0: That's really close to what I was going to give it. I was going to give it an 80.
1: It just wasn't nearly as interesting to watch.
0: Yeah. Like I said before, I think this is a great entry in a trilogy of movies that look at the same sort of concept at different times and from different angles. And I think as a whole, it's a fantastic trilogy. And this is a really, really well-made movie. Yes. But to me, it is the least interesting of the three.
1: Yes. Agreed. 100%. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: But it it is a great capper. It fills in a gap that the first two left behind thinking about zombies in a certain way and at a certain time. You know, not immediately when it's happening and nobody knows what's going on. And not everyone knows what's going on because the world has gone to shit. Now we need to deal with the immediate crisis. Now it's the world gone to shit a while ago. How are we proceeding? What do we do from here? So as a capper, I think it works really well. I think the gore effects are incredible and disturbing.
1: Yes, They're agreed. really good.
0: I'm very glad they went with Unrated on this one. I think R would have really neutered it. <laughs> I love the character of Bub. I understand he's really popular. I like him a lot.
1: I see why he's very popular. Yeah. He's great.
0: Uh, but Rhodes is so one-dimensional. He is a flat character. Yes. And he is insufferable. And, and flat villains are just boring. They're just boring. I mean, at least with... What's his face from the Hunchback of Notre Dame? Like, he is a villain, but, like, you know, he has that whole sexual repression <laughs> element to him, and he sings Hellfire, and it's really fucking cool. <laughs> That's a pretty static character, but he's not flat, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, I don't mind that he's static. I just want him to be round. Agreed. Yeah. Anyway, anything else to say about Day of the Dead, Kelsey? Nope. All right. Moving on to our second zombie film in this resurrection week, our modern movie, 2016's Train to Busan from South Korea, directed by Song Ho Yeon, who did Hellbound, which is the new-ish Netflix series about people. They get told their future, like how they're going to die, and when that happens, or when they're going to die, and when that happens, like these monsters that are like angels of death appear, and it's like, what would the real world be like if that was the case, you know. I hear it's pretty interesting, but I haven't seen it yet. It was like the new Korean Netflix series after Squid Game. Mm-hmm. It's written by Joo Suk Park and Song Ho Young. Starring Gong Yoo, Yumi Mi Jung, Ma Dong Suk, and Suan Kim. What is Train to Busan about?
1: A divorced man and his daughter are going to take a train to Busan to see her mother, his ex-wife... And uh, it happens to happen on the day of a zombie outbreak, although there's some indication that he has something to do with the zombie outbreak, but I don't understand that. Well, part.
0: it's it's more like capitalism at play, you know, like he works for a fund, like, you know, and they fund the things they do the things that make them the most money without concern for the ethics of any of it. And we find out later by the end of the movie that the their investments funded the effort that caused the outbreak. Mm, Okay. Or at least they think that that might be the case and they have to reckon with that. And his his little junior partner dude has a breakdown realizing that.
1: But basically it's a zombie outbreak on 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 a train.
0: Which is a cool concept. You need something to make me interested. I'll get into whether or not I think you should watch the movie. The movie is available with ads or with a subscription to a service at, again, just a dozen different services. Uh, you can rent it for 2 to $4. The cheapest is Apple TV and Redbox. And you can buy it for 7 to $13, the cheapest being on Apple TV. Now, be very careful. The first two services we checked, which were Shutter and Peacock, were both English dub only. And fuck me, I am never going to do that. <laughs> there are very rare cases where I will choose a dub. And this is not one of them, especially with how ridiculous this dub. They start with kind of a ridiculous character that you'll never see again. But his dubbed voice was just insufferable. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, no. <laughs> we watched it on Amazon, but Amazon only had the original dub. It only had subs, right? So I out of the three services we went to before we found the version that I was okay with watching not none of them had both on offer which is weird i'm not used to that should people watch train to busan
1: i liked it a lot i thought it could have been shorter uh but i liked it a lot and i if you're a zombie fan yes if you're a zombie fan yes. you absolutely should yes. see this movie if you're not a big zombie fan yeah uh, i mean i i it's a it's a good movie to watch it but it's not you know, the most groundbreaking thing you're going to see. Exactly. Like
0: I said before, or how, like if you're someone like me and you might be done with zombie movies, right? <laughs> it's not going to solve that problem. It is so incredibly tropey that, oh, you think this thing is going to happen? It's going to. It's going to. Just wait for it. It will happen. I'm surprised it didn't go to pregnant lady gives birth to a zombie baby, right? Like, I'm surprised that didn't happen. That's how tropey this movie is. It is very, very tropey. That said, it... Puts the scenario in a unique setting that makes it a little bit more compelling. It's on a moving train. And it's really interesting. And I think it's fun. And it's exciting. So even if you have given up on zombie movies, there's still something here for you.
1: Yeah, it's exciting. And you really like the characters.
0: You do. You really like the characters.
1: You really, really like the characters. You care about them.
0: Oh, but are you worried this character you care about is going to die tragically? They're going to. (laughs) But it's exactly, different. they're going to have to sacrifice themselves for the greater good because they're just that nice guy, it's going to happen.
1: But it's different from Day of the Dead, where you don't really... I mean, you like Sarah. But you don't
0: really care. Right, like, you don't yeah.
1: want her to die. But, uh-huh. like, if she died, it wouldn't be like a, oh, my uh-huh. God, tragic thing. This movie, when people die, it's very tragic. But, but you, you know, the trope,
0: the trope would have been to kill off McDermott. He is... he He cares a lot. He's the drunk... He's the comic relief, sort of. There's not a lot of comedy in that movie. Mm-hmm. You would expect him to die, and he doesn't. This movie, pretty much everything you expect is going to happen, happens.
1: I was a little surprised by the ending. Yeah, but I think... I half expected them to shoot her. To shoot them. To do the Night of Living Dead ending.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Totally. But... Again, it's, it's Korean. It has its Korean melodrama. It has a very melodramatic ending where she's singing a song that ties back to this thing that she didn't have the courage to do because her father wasn't there. And now, like, it's the melodrama. So, yeah, throw in the zombie tropes and the Korean melodrama tropes and you know exactly what you're getting. But that said, again, it is in an exciting setting that is very entertaining and fun. So I still think it's worth watching. Mm-hmm. I know I fucked up those names before. I'm sure I did. I will continue to do so. That said, here's the thing about the names. We just aren't familiar with Korean names as much. We will do our best, but I guarantee you we will call them by their function or their role the baseball player, the pregnant lady.
1: The little girl. The
0: little girl. The dad. Our main character, (laughs) Gilgamesh from The Eternals. The hobo. The COO. The conductor, the attendant, the train attendant. Yes. So we will use those terms. I will give you the names where baseball I know girlfriend. them. Baseball girlfriend. Yes. Baseball girlfriend. I, I promise you, it's not a racist thing. I was just thinking about this the other day. I wasn't even thinking about *Train to Busan*, but I was thinking about uh, *Midsummer Night's Dream* and how I was in—I was in a *Midsummer Night's Dream*, and I still confuse Hermia and Helena. I I have to think of them as their function in the story and not by their name, because I will fuck their name up and I will get them confused, Are those and those their names, names don't mean yes.:
1: And it's Lysander and and
0: Demetrius. Demetrius. They're a little bit easier. They have fun, exciting names, you know, but Hermia and Helena I fucking fuck me. <laughs> I would not be able to tell them apart right? It's not about a race thing it's just these are names that we do not know. I'm, I'm just trying to stress that it has nothing to do with the fact that that they're Korean and so we don't care about their identities no it's just the, the names are not familiar to us and we're going to get them wrong. So we we will throughout this explanation talk about their roles and their functions that they play. Anyway you can take our advice or leave it when we get back we will talk about 2016's Train to Busan.
1: shortly excuse me that woman does not seem right to me
0: requesting medical assistance in car number 11 what the get back get back
1: (laughs) shut the door this summer (laughs) sweetie please stay right here okay nobody's here Please help me. Get back! Move!
0: Hurry up, kids! We have to depart right now! No,
1: we can't leave yet!
0: Busan Station is still open. We should all go there right now!
1: The whole nation runs into danger. Which car? Car!
0: Should you stay alive? After the tunnel. Now! Are you even aware of what we are faced with? Get on board now. Why did you? We could have saved them. This train simply can't go any further. Train to Busan Coming soon. All right, Kelsey, get us started. How does Train to Busan begin?
1: With a kind of dumb scene, but it's just showing you that quarantine is already happening?
0: Well, there's been some accident in the biotech district. And so they're, they're not letting people pass. Or they're just checking people as they go in and out or something like that. It's the quarantine slowdown zone. But yes, this is the source of the outbreak that we're seeing here. This is the business venture that our main character's company was funding.
1: Yeah, so this movie is absolutely taking the form of... This is because of greed. This is because of people messing with things they shouldn't be messing with, etc., uh-huh. etc. Cetera, et cetera. This is not... Hell has run out of room.
0: Right. At one point, we're going to get a scene later... Sook Woo, I think that's how you pronounce it, our main character, his assistant is going to be like, um, should we really be doing this transaction? Like, they're selling all this stock, right? Get out now. Whatever it is. And he's like, should we really be doing that? It might have devastating impacts, downstream effects. People are going to be really affected by selling this much of this stock. And he's like, are 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 we losers? Like, are you working for, you know, whomever, this group that doesn't make money? Because his focus is just profit.
1: You're talking about our main character. Our main
0: character, yes.
1: Who we know from?
0: Uh, Squid Game. He's the slapper. He's called the salesman. He's the guy that slaps you. <laughs> he
1: has a smug, smarmy look yes, to it. Yes, he him. does. He He's does. very good at that. And uh, I, I, you know, this beginning of this character and that character are like the same person. Uh-huh. Which is Great. <laughs> But then like you're a little bit worried, uh oh, is that all he's gonna be? No, he is a very talented actor and has yeah. a very wide range. His and greatness. this character is going to fluctuate and change constantly and rapidly, and I might add, realistically. Sure.
0: One thing we miss between these two moments is as this truck driver drives through the quarantine zone, uh he, Zombie Deer. He hits a deer. And then as he drives away, once he realizes, oh, it was just a deer. He drives away, and then the deer sort of and it stands back up, and it's so, got glassy, like milky eyes.
1: So this is affecting both animals and humans. Which yeah. at this point has the Dead series and the three movies we've seen had they talked about animals? No, at
0: all? I don't think so. No. no,
1: I imagine with zombie animals, uh huh, that that like. It would be even worse.
0: Yeah. Well, they make other things about like zombie beavers,
1: right? But that's, not a, that's not a serious movie. Right. But, yeah. Um, I mean, like if you're going to talk about actual zombie movies, I mean, The Walking Dead. Those animals are not affected, right? As far as
0: I know, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so.
1: Because that would really, I think that would change everything. How could you eat meat anymore if all the animals are attacking each other? Yeah. You know.
0: It would change a lot. It
1: would change a lot. change a lot, yeah. And I think that's an interesting concept that not a lot of zombie movies are interested <laughs> in talking about.
0: It adds an extra complication for sure.
1: Now, the other problem is, especially in a movie like this, when you know you have to be really paying close attention to everything you see, everything you hear, mm-hmm. if you don't know the language, you're going to miss a lot of things. For sure. I, and I tried to catch as much as I could, but there's things that I was like, I wrote down something about mysterious fish deaths in the reservoir, yes, and I, I, I didn't get any more context it's about mysterious that.
0: mysterious fish deaths at the Jinyan Reservoir, I think. That was a headline on a news site that our protagonist was reading when he got interrupted by his assistant. It's just, there's weird shit going on. Fish are dying. Something's happening. There's a contamination.
1: Yeah, and he, with his smug face, asks this guy who works for him, what are kids into these days? Like, he doesn't feel bad at all. Yeah. Asking his assistant, what should I get my daughter? Because I don't know anything about my daughter. Even though, for some reason, it's super important to him to have her living with him.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think he loves his daughter.
1: Right. But he has zero interest in her as a person.
0: Right. I I think it's probably almost a matter of principle, more so than it is, like, sense. Hmm. You know? He seems like the type of dad who would get along just fine with visitation rights, right? Like, he doesn't prioritize his daughter at all. He he likes to think he cares. So on principle, him saying he doesn't want to be with his daughter, his daughter shouldn't be staying with him, should be staying with his wife or his, or his ex-wife, like, on principle, that's probably offensive because he thinks it means that he doesn't love his daughter, and he very much does. But that's not what it has to mean. So... Yeah, I think it's a principal thing.
1: Well, so he gets her a Wii because it's her birthday tomorrow.
0: Which is weird because, like, this is way after the Wii came out. Like, when is this supposed to be taking place? 2016. And the Wii came out in 2008 in South Korea. So, like, eight years after the Wii came out, the Wii U was out by that point. I'm saying, like, why wouldn't it be the Wii U? The Wii U did not come out in South Korea. That's weird. So yeah, and the switch wasn't out yet. I guess the we just had a long shelf life in South Korea. That's interesting. It was a very popular system. <laughs> very, very popular. But yes, yeah, she already had one that he gave to her for Children's Day, which is a concept we've heard before. Yes. It's like Mother's Day, Father's Day. There's a Children's Day in Korea.
1: That's so what I was going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Why do you think we don't have that? Is it because every day is Children's Day in America?
0: Have you never had that conversation with your parents when you were a kid?
1: There's a Mother's Day,
0: there's a Father's Day, how come there's no Children's Day? And then your parents are like, every day is Children's Day. <laughs> I imagine that that's the case. There's just like an American rejection. Of <sighs> absolutely not.
1: <laughs> but so, the daughter is very upset with her father.
0: Sue Ann is her name. It's Suan, but yeah. S-U-A-N.
1: not in the way... Like, not in, like, a bratty or a pouty way. She just just wants
0: to be with her mom.
1: She's like, I just want to be with my mom because you don't care about me at all. Right. You didn't show up to my recital, which fucking sucks. I learned the song just for you. You didn't show up. Fucking sucks. Let me go live with my fucking mom. I can go to the train by myself. I don't even want you there with me. When he's
0: always at work, she spends time with her grandma. Yes. his, His mom. And she... Recorded the recital and then during that recital, which she was singing Aloha Oi, she froze and the kids started making fun of her. We will find out later she froze because she looked out over the audience and didn't see her dad there. And she needed him for support.
1: Very, very sad. Uh Uh-huh. I get why elementary schools do recitals and performances during the day, but it's so shitty.
0: Uh Uh-huh. As a parent? Yeah. (laughs) Is that not important to you? Well, yeah, of course it is. But, like, I have a day job. I need to put, like, food on in, in my child's stomach and clothes on their back. Like, I can't just leave my job.
1: It sucks. And I get it. I get it. Elementary schools, it's like... We can't do everything at night. I get it, because you do a lot of shit, but, like, it sucks. Yeah. Anyway, there's also a very interesting little side story about the grandmother and how much she loves this family. And yeah. how she does not feel loved by anyone in uh-huh. this family.
0: Even even Suan, because Suan's so obsessed with her mom. Mm-hmm. She fe- feels almost like it's a rejection of her. Yeah.
1: Even though we find out that Suwon actually really does think about her grandmother oh, yeah. all Loves the time. Oh, yeah. Loves uh-huh. And it's... I think that that is really good. I think that they showed so many layers to these characters through very brief lines.
0: Yeah, the grandma is is in one and a half scenes, right? I mean, I guess you can count the two scenes at the beginning as two separate scenes, maybe. But, like, really, that's one scene. And then she's on the phone and that's it that's her whole entire performance and we still get a lot out of her character
1: yes it creates a whole subtext for Suan mm-hmm. and I think that that is so well done and they did not need you they didn't need to spell it out for you they didn't need to take you through long scenes with her and the grandmother for you to understand their relationship they got it through It communicated it through a couple of lines And that's what a movie needs to do yeah so he decides he's going to take her to see her mother in Busan. Busan. Hence...
0: Train to Busan.
1: Yes. And I guess this is like an all-day train. They have to get there really early in the morning.
0: From Seoul to Busan is three hours. So it is a long, it is a long ride, but it's not an all-day thing. But it takes three hours to get there, and then you spend your day, and then it's going to take another three hours to get back.
1: We have spent... Whole days on trains.
0: We have. I nearly lost my mind spending a whole day on a train.
1: That was when it was not meant to be all day. It was not supposed to
0: be all day, but I was starting to get claustrophobic and like, oh God, no, it was terrible. Trains
1: are dangerous modes of transportation.
0: Yeah, I, that was that was when we were riding from San Francisco home, and I think the other great train ride we had was going from England to... Scotland. That was a fantastic train ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful.
1: But on the drive there, the father tells her that he was watching her at her recital, even though he wasn't there, because he's talking about the video. But she doesn't pick up on that. Yeah. And he's telling her, "You've you've got to always finish what you've started." And as they are driving, we see a ton of emergency vehicles. We see ash in the air. We see a big fire,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but the father just is like, huh.
0: he's yeah. oblivious to it. And I think he that's part it. of his character. He though.
1: sees it, uh-huh, but he he's like, just eh, doesn't care. Yeah,
0: uh-huh. Something must be going on,
1: right? And immediately, Suwon is like, uh, and she's going to notice all these things. Mm-hmm. And I imagine if a zombie outbreak did happen, this is probably. Pretty close to how it would go. Yeah, I thought
0: this was a pretty good version of a zombie outbreak happening. Sure, mm-hmm. especially since okay, so we get our first victim that we meet who runs on the train at the last minute. Right, so they get on the train. This zombie, or, well, not zombie, this infected person runs on the train after makes being
1: bitten, it. and we see a group of people filming something up at the top of the yeah, stairs. Yeah, we don't know, eat. but
0: there's a kerfuffle and the train on. attendant's
1: just like, "Huh?" and then gets on the train. Yeah.
0: And then as the train's going off, Suan sees one of the attendants on the on the uh, platform get jumped by somebody.
1: And wants to tell her father, but her father is already asleep. And yeah. will not, she knows won't believe her.
0: Now now the this movie gets to have its cake and eat it too with the transformation because the first person that we see infected and then turn, it takes a while. And then every subsequent person is really, really fast. And that's generally a problem with zombie movies or any other movie where there's a transformation of some sort. Yes,
1: it is a a zombie movie issue for sure.
0: But, like I said, this movie gets to have its cake and eat it too. First of all, the victim uh, tries to hold off infection with a tourniquet preventing the blood from flowing and getting throughout the body and reaching the brain i think is where it really needs to get to right so that slows down this process right there and part two it does seem that they either need to be completely infected or to die first and she is not dead
1: the infection i think has to kill you first yes which is and you'll, pretty you'll, typical you'll zombie.
0: die on your feet too right like it's it'll you'll be like and then you start to fade and then ah i'm a zombie you know but she had a tourniquet on, and she was not dead yet. And so, yes, it did take a little bit. Uh, but it, there are key details that make that believable.
1: And this attendant finds her and thinks she's having seizures. Yeah. And then she dies. And its I thought that was a very good scene, except that it was a little hard for me to believe that it took so long for anyone to notice this woman and her weird behavior. And they're even going to make kind of a joke about that because we're going to have our main villain call an attendant over and be like, "Hey, somebody odd got into the bathroom here," and you're thinking it's that chick because uh-huh. we just saw her enter it. Nope. But no, it's actually the hobo who is going to become pretty. Which important. is the movie's term. We're going to just yes, continue to call. That's it that. what he <laughs> called. That's what they call him. <laughs> anyway. I don't. I didn't use that term.
0: Uh, uh, anyway, this is Yan Suk who. Claims later to be the COO of a transportation company. I assume it is this transportation company. I don't know. We'll just refer to him as the COO. He is our primary villain for the rest of this movie.
1: Yeah, and I kind of... I I thought he was a pretty believable villain, and I thought that we got some interesting notes Sure, to his but he's, he's
0: super tropey.
1: Yes, but not... Like, at first, he just seems like a dick. And then he becomes full on villain and then at the end we get to see a, a, a very vulnerable moment and I was like at the very least they made him a real person.
0: They gave a reason, right? Yes. And yeah, I no, I get that. Like it makes sense. I don't think it makes it a bad movie. It's just I'm kind of tired of that. You know, like I, okay, I get it. Yes. People are terrible to other people. The theme of man's inhumanity to man. Like okay, I get it. Yes. You know, And yes, it's almost required from a movie like a zombie movie or any sort of post-apocalyptic movie or just regular old apocalyptic movie. I get it. So maybe I'm done with those. It doesn't make it a bad thing or a bad movie, but I've just seen it far, 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 far too many times for it to be interesting anymore. Uh, But yes, this is the COO. We will have also met a couple of other people. There are... Two older women, one of which is just a woman in a wig, a curly wig, very obviously not actually as old as she's playing, which is bizarre. I don't know why they would do that, just hire an older actress. They're sisters, and they're traveling together. We meet Ma Dong-Suk, who is Gilgamesh from The Eternals. He's a great character. He has a wife who is pregnant. Uh, We will constantly refer to her as the pregnant lady. (laughs) And we meet the baseball team, uh, including our primary character on this baseball team, Young Gook. And this young woman who is very into him, but he has in the past rejected her, and everyone on the baseball team is giving him a hard time about this. This young woman is Jin Hee, played by a young woman named Sohee, who apparently is part of a K-pop Group originally and then became an actress a la Perfect Blue. <laughs> but I guess that's not uncommon. There are a lot of sort of K pop singers who turn to acting. It's not uncommon.
1: A la Perfect Blue. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Although Perfect Blue is obviously J pop.
1: Anyway, they are at first, I, you, or you're kind of like whatever, but they. Very quickly become Battle Royale, like, important, and you care about them a lot.
0: Yeah, uh-huh.
1: I half expected when she died to be like, you're so cool.
0: <laughs> Kelsey's a big fan of Battle Royale. I'm a so big fan I. of
1: Battle Royale. It took me a while. It took me a long time to connect that that, that is probably a connection to the Great Gatsby. Really? It took me a really long time to do that.
0: What, why, what makes you think that? I don't get it.
1: I just always thought it was two teenagers, and to, to show the audience, to remind the audience in this very tragic moment of her kids. death, that they're still kids, she says, you're so cool. Uh-huh. Right? To this guy she likes. Yeah. It took me forever to remember that in The Great Gatsby, when Daisy says, you're so cool, oh.
0: it's supposed to mean I love you. Oh. Oh my God. Okay, yeah, no, that never occurred to me.
1: <laughs> it, it might not be, but I was, it
0: could be. It. Oh, she says you're so cool in a moment where you might expect her to say, I love you. And it, it pulls double duty, right? Like, mm-hmm. of showing that, yes, they are just kids. Yes. Interesting. Anyway. <laughs> and then there's the conductor and all the attendants. There's one attendant in particular, the blue jacket guy.
1: Who is interesting. You like him at first, and he's like, through him, you see how this sort of situation would change a person.
0: Right. Make them do things that they might not otherwise do. He
1: goes from being a good guy to a bad guy. Mm -hmm. And he pays for it in the end.
0: Yes, he does.
1: This movie is absolutely, if you're a bad guy, you pay for it. Yeah.
0: Don't be a toady.
1: Although, (laughs) some very good people also die. Yes,
0: Totally. And for doing things that they should be doing. For tragic reasons. Yeah, I mean, you can't exactly say, well, you die, so that means you shouldn't have been doing what you were doing. Because there are people who explicitly die because they're doing something that they should be doing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So there is this outbreak on board and people start freaking out.
1: I like that even on the train, it is a slow build. Uh, yeah. people are watching the television and it's talking about this nationwide situation. All these people are talking about it. They think it's some sort of, like, uprise or some yeah, sort uh-huh. of...
0: Riots in the streets, you know.
1: Demonstration.
0: Well, the the two older sisters are talking about it and, like, ah, people today, they'll riot over anything.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. In my day, they would have been re-educated. Yes!
0: Jesus! And my <laughs> sister's like,
1: you can't say that! <laughs> but so, all of a sudden... Remember, these. this is a train, so there are cars, right? So everybody is kind of separated by these cars. And suddenly, our main guy is going to notice that people are running through uh-huh. the cars. And we, the audience, of have already seen, I think, that the, yes, the woman has turned, yeah. uh-huh. she changed the attendant, and uh-huh. then the attendant started to attack people. Now... My problem is there were people in the car watching this happen, Uh doing nothing. And I mean, not running away. I mean, not trying to help. I mean, just standing there doing nothing. And I'm like, I don't believe that.
0: I believe it. Haven't you ever seen any New York subway videos or anything? I was just watching one last night. (laughs) I just happened to see one last night of like these four guys about to throw down in a subway now the video goes somewhere completely different but in reality nobody knows that this is gonna there's gonna be a dance-off and then there's a homeless man who, who does the worm anyway my point is is that there's a woman who's like right there like she's gonna be in the thick of it and what does she do she doesn't look she just slides her butt over two spaces That's all she does. There is going to be an assault right in front of her. And she just scooches down. (laughs) That's all she does. So, yes, I absolutely believe that people would be like, whoa, what's happening? And then do nothing. 100%.
1: Right, but this is not just a fist fight. Or a knife fight, as the pair may be. Yeah, but... This is a woman literally attacks and bites and eats someone.
0: We did see something at the very beginning. We saw a deer get killed, right? Now, why is it that there's the phrase a deer in the headlights? It gets killed because it got hit by a car. And that happens. Deers will freeze, right? Because it's not fight or flight. It's fight, flight, or freeze.
1: But so it's interesting because from our main guy's perspective... He just starts to see people running towards him. People are shouting, run. Yeah. They're scared, all this stuff. And he's just like, these people must be insane. Yeah. uh These people must be crazy. This isn't
0: normal. (laughs) I'm going to keep walking
1: forward to see what it is. And I kind of believe that about this uh asshole character who thinks he's better than everyone Uh else. Who does not instantly think, okay, time to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. But not until he sees what's going on that he turns around and gets his daughter and runs away. Because now there is literally, like, a river of people. If you have seen World War Z, you know exactly what we're talking about. I did
0: write down here, because there will be moments later when they're not on the train, when there's big crowds of zombies and stuff. I wrote down that the zombie crowd stuff is great, and it's more believable than World War Z. Which I love the concept of World War Z, where these these crowds of zombies were, were like a tidal wave. I love the core concept, but it doesn't, it, it looks a little uncanny, right? Like it's, uh, that can't be real. You know, that's CG, right? But this, even though there is, there are CG elements to it, it still feels more real than what we got in World War Z.
1: My problem is the inconsistencies. Uh, sure. That is my biggest, biggest problem with this movie is that it will feel like this river of people coming towards us in in these cars and then eventually it'll just be you know people shambling around inside and it just it's like where did all those people go
0: yeah the it felt like there were fluctuate. a lot more
1: people yeah, a second uh-huh. ago
0: and then when they need to get by it's like oh there's a dozen of them yeah right uh-huh, uh-huh. and
1: you are constantly seeing the zombies have to stop. Yeah. Because they are about to approach the main character. What, what and Kelsey's
0: can't. talking about is they're chasing somebody and then somebody has to get through a door and that takes time to get through a door. And so the person chasing them needs to sort of shuffle their feet a little bit, slow down a little bit in order to not actually catch up to them. That happens a couple times in this movie. Yeah,
1: And trust me, I, uh, as a director, I've had to deal with that. I've dealt with that when I did Alice in Wonderland. There were plenty of chase scenes where I had to figure out ways to not make it look like they could very easily get hurt. You know? you know what Stuff it reminds like me
0: of? It reminds me of the sort of physical equivalent of, for anyone who's ever tried to direct somebody or seen bad acting... When, some, when one character needs to cut off another character, right? The prior line is like a an M dash or a dash dash. And their sentence stops midway and then the other person starts. And the person who's supposed to interrupt waits for the person before them to get all the way through the line to where the dashes happen. And then they do their line. It's like, no, 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 you're supposed to interrupt them. And they just cannot get that. And so what I would tell my actors is I would say if you're the person being interrupted I need you to go to your script write out what the rest of your line is and they need to jump on your line that is their responsibility but you need to be prepared to say more because otherwise it doesn't seem realistic it looks like you're anticipating them interrupting you
1: exactly so
0: that's it this is the physical equivalent of that
1: yes yeah and it's not It's not great. Uh It's not great. And if they had just taken a couple more... I understand it's hard to do. It's hard to reset all that up over and over again for different shots. But sometimes you got to take another shot.
0: Uh Especially when you're getting blood all over the glass and you're going to have to clean that glass again. There's glass breaking. I'm sure it would be very expensive and a whole big process. So then you needed more rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rehearse,
1: rehearse, rehearse.
0: Yeah. Anyway... There's this outbreak. We get, we do get a moment where uh, our protagonist guy he is the last one, th- or almost the last one, through a door, and everyone's like, "Shut the door! Shut the door! Shut the door!" And we see Gilgamesh and his pregnant wife come running down behind him, and everyone's urging our protagonist to shut the door. We are getting uh, Ho de door.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, uh, we
0: are getting sort of uh, a glimpse at what will happen later in the movie, is the people who are already safe insisting that nobody else can be saved. And so he closes the door on them.
1: Yeah, but it's, again, weird timing. He doesn't just shut the door He waits a long
0: t- time. He, he waits a long he time thinks almost about it
1: to right before they get in. To
0: the point where he might as well have held the door open.
1: He might as them. well yes. have let them yes. in. It's, it's b- another
0: one of those moments, but they needed to show that he was struggling with it because there are other people who won't struggle with this.
1: Right. But then he does let them in anyway. Yes. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and then Gilgamesh is like, I think you owe me an apology. <laughs> but that never happens. He never apologizes.
1: They figure out very quickly that if they can't see them,
0: they go docile. Dosp- oh, right. That's like immediately after that where somebody says, oh, if they see you, they attack or whatever. And then the pregnant lady splashes water on the window, and then puts up a newspaper, like papier-mâché or something, and then all of a sudden the banging on the door stops. They have to see you. They hear you, and they'll lunge, but they have to sense you in some way.
1: So, is it quiet place?
0: No. No, I would say that their instinct to attack...
1: Are But are they blind? Is that what they're telling us? No,
0: I think what's happening is your brain devolves so much you lose object permanence. It's a thing. It's why Peekaboo works on babies. It's because they don't have object permanence. (laughs) Something rolls behind the couch and they think it's disappeared forever. It's because they don't have object permanence. It's the same thing. These zombies have lost object permanence.
1: Okay, but later they're going to suggest that flashing lights distract them.
0: Yeah, I, I thought it was the flashing lights too, but as the movie went on, the flashing lights became less important. It was that it was dark... And the flashing lights were movement that they could see. It wasn't like causing, you know, a reaction in their brain to give them seizures or anything like that. It was more like, oh, God, there's something moving. And then they couldn't focus on, you know, it's like squirrel.
1: Right. But then after that, there'll be a scene where they're in the dark and they aren't distracted by anything.
0: There is an inconsistency with this during one particular scene. Yes, that is the case. But I think what the movie is setting up is that they don't have object permanence, they are easily distracted, and in low-light situations where a human might normally be able to see, their eyes are all milky and cataract, basically, that they can't see very well at all. So they detect (laughs) motion. Unlike the T-Rex, which, by the way, apparently had really good olfactory senses and could absolutely have smelled Dr. Alan Grant when he blew his hat off with his nostrils, which were right there. Anyway, there's a couple things that happen here. First, we get an announcement that the train isn't stopping at the next station. We will find out later that it's not to protect the city from the people on the train. It's to protect the people on the train from what's going on in the city. And they're going to pass right by that city. When they do pass it by, you see that the place is completely overrun. During this sort of stretch of the trip, he gets a hold of his assistant who's freaking out as well. But he also gets his mom on the phone. He calls his ex-wife and there's no answer. But he talks to his mom. And his mom is like, is she okay? Is Swan okay? And she, this is where she has their sort of half scene because we don't actually see her. But we hear her talk about she kind of resents his ex-wife because Suwan is so focused on how she misses her mom that she doesn't like value the grandma as much and grandma totally feels that way but we know that that isn't the case Suwan loves her grandma but what's happening here is our protagonist is hearing his mother turn over the phone it's so sad it's devastating until eventually she does actually turn. And, and he when he says,
1: Amma? Amma?
0: Amma, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: It's so sad because yep. this that is the first time he is going to break.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. Amma? It's, it's devastating for sure, yeah. So they do pass that station and they see the outbreak there uh, and then they get a government announcement over the TV
1: Telling them not to use the word zombie. That's silly. It's the one
0: time zombie is used in the entire movie, by the way.
1: Yes. And to trust your government, everything's going to be fine.
0: Yes. So, ugh. They are, however, going to stop at the next station and get everyone out.
1: As they are getting out, he will stop, I think, to get on the phone or something?
0: He gets on the phone.
1: And he puts her in a chair. Yes, and the two old ladies are walking by, and one uh-huh. sits down in the chair, and the little girl gets up and says, "Old lady, to the other lady, take do you my want to chair?" Sit here? Yeah, and what well, those, you know, what a sweet girl, and her dad actually says to her, "You don't have to be nice all the time." Yes, well, because he's trying Jesus to be. Christ, she just let an old lady take her seat.
0: He represents the urge to look out for oneself.
1: Right, but this is not a death moment. This is not a life or death moment. No, no,
0: he he sees that as an example of her doing something that might get her in trouble in the middle of this outbreak, right? You really need to protect yourself first, right? And it seems reasonable, but we're going to see two sides like every zombie movie where the people that are all, you know, look out for number one are the villains that can easily turn into villainy. And so She is going to, by the end of the movie, sort of pull him over to her side.
1: Look, from my perspective, there's no reason to ever lose your humanity or your kindness. Yes. But if you're going to slow me the fuck down because of your bullshit, Uh I'm leaving you behind. I will do everything in my power to help a person who wants to live. But if you're going to (laughs) cry and whine and moan, I'm leaving you there. There
0: aren't really anybody like that.
1: Really no, movie. there's no one like yeah, that. Uh-huh. Thank God. I hate those characters.
0: Anyway, he sees... So I mentioned earlier, I remember the term now. Uh, he he tells his assistant at the, in the beginning of the movie, like wh- who is having second thoughts about selling all those shares. He's like, do you work for the Lemmings or something like that is what he says. But he refers to basically the people on the street as lemmings, right? The people that can be used but are useless and that follow the trend and don't do anything big and don't make anything of themselves and you'll never make money by being a lemming, basically is his point, right? And so he gets on the phone with a contact of his who's a lieutenant in the police force and he finds that name under the lemmings folder in his contacts list. Uh, So it tells you how he feels about people right? This is a person to be used, but who isn't a person to him? But he does call up this lieutenant who tells him, listen, when you get there, they are quarantining you. like, oh, fuck. Like, they know that's going to be a big deal. You might die, right? So he tells him, listen, my men are there. Do not go to the main square when you get off the train. Go to the east square. That's where my men are. I will tell them to expect you and they'll take care of you. Like, oh, okay. Great. Cool.
1: During this time, one little quick thing. I wanted to mention the reason she lets the old lady take her chair and the father ignores her, doesn't hear her say this. Anna will say, Granny's knees always hurt. Yes,
0: about her grandma, who is now dead at this point.
1: Right. She doesn't know that. But the point is... Uh (laughs) she is always thinking of her grandma. Yeah, uh-huh. And when she sees these old women, she does not just see a stranger. She up.
0: sees somebody's grandma.
1: hmm mm-hmm. I think that's really
0: important. Yeah, I think that's great.
1: And during this moment while he's on the phone, she the little girl is going to meet the guy with his pregnant wife. And...
0: It's cute. You
1: just love... (laughs) It's really cute. You just love these characters. Uh They make them very charming, very sweet, Mm -hmm. very kindly. and They're they bickering,
0: but they're kindly bickering, you know?
1: Yes. And they will look at Suwon as their own, even though her father almost had them killed.
0: Yeah. Like, what does your dad do for a living? And it's like, oh, he's an investment broker or whatever it is. And Ma Dong-Suk says Gilgamesh says something to the effect of
1: bloodsucker.
0: Oh yeah, he's a bloodsucker. And his wife like hits him. And it's like, you do not say that in front of his kid. Mm-hmm. And she says, it's okay. It's what everyone thinks. You know, that's the reality. My dad is a bloodsucker.
1: When they do get off the train, it is very eerie. It's very quiet. I don't know if I believe the quiet based on what's supposed to be going well, on. Well, it looks
0: like there's already been devastation there. I think what we're supposed to get from this is that up to the tracks, there was outbreak. The military pushed them back to these checkpoints. And what we'll find out, a couple things happen here. Everyone goes to the main square, but our protagonist and Suan break off to the side
1: not very subtly i might no. add he just if sort
0: of walks off
1: if your plan is to break away from the herd get you, to the back you get yeah. to the uh-huh. back of the herd yeah
0: but anyway he breaks off and then swan's like what's happening where are we going he's like well we're going over here to the east i know this is the way we should be going and she's like oh well then i need to tell people if this is safer i'm gonna tell everyone and he's like hey Fucking stop it. The only way this works is if we do it and nobody else comes.
1: Exactly. This is the only, only time that I'm like, I kind of get what the dad's doing here. Yes. Like, if he wants to make sure that he and his daughters are are okay, the only way he can do so is by screwing everyone else over.
0: Here's the thing. I think that Suan acts as a... What's the term I'm looking for? As a... As an inspiration. She's an inspiration for goodness, but is not necessarily aspirational, right? You do not want to be Suan. You will die. (laughs) But you want to be
1: like Suan. Yeah, she is going to have a powerful moment here. Uh, She's going to say, Dad, you only care about yourself. That's why mom left. And Uh it's just like, oh my God. He has to like reckon with that
0: in the moment. Like (laughs) really wasn't planning on worrying about that right now. (laughs) But, But yes, he does have to reckon with that. Meanwhile, the hobo comes and follows them. He's like, oh, you guys know something? I'm following you.
1: I heard your call. Remember, Uh he overheard it. That's
0: right. That's right.
1: And at this point, this is the first time you realize that this guy is not just a crazy person. No,
0: yeah, he's just a homeless guy.
1: But all you've shown up to this point is him talking to himself and acting uh like a crazy person. But the fact that he, because when the guy's on the phone with him, he sees the hobo there. Yeah. He just assumes. He just ignores him. He doesn't understand me. He's not listening. He's crazy. And that's what the audience might be thinking too, because they haven't been get, given any indication that he is all there. Yes. And this is the first time that, oh no, he's very aware mm-hmm. of you, everything. You
0: ignore, you mentally negate the humanity of people like the homeless. And I think it's a sort of good lesson. That these are these are people. Mm-hmm. You can't just ignore them. But anyway, they're kind of okay with him. No, coming. they're not. Well, no, because what else are they going to do?
1: Well, exactly. What else are they going to do? But they don't have. to... We don't see really what he would do in that reaction because they cut. They cut over to what's happening with the other people, and they're
0: going downstairs and oh my escalators. God, is and, this
1: guy like the husband of the year? Yes. Yeah,
0: so they they. Are going down these escalators and there's a stairway in the center and they see this line of military. They're like, "Oh, we're here." This is what I'm saying. I think the military pushed everyone back to this point and then still got overrun and now the military has turned.
1: Exactly, but no one is mud on suck. He is picking up on blood. Um, yeah, a baton has been thrown. A riot shield, a shield is sitting yeah, there, uh-huh. but he doesn't do anything. And I'm like, "Turn back." Go back! No, No,
0: but this is what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, in the event that the military hadn't yet been turned, it would look like this. There would be a battle right here, and then they need to push back. So you will find in places that are completely safe the remnants of a battle. So I'm not totally surprised, but it does put him on edge. And so when they see the first military man turn around and he's been infected... Picks up his wife. Pregnant wife. Pregnant wife. And lifts her over the railing of the escalator onto the stairs so they could go up the stairs. It's a
1: very badass moment. He's
0: really strong. He's
1: awesome. Uh,
0: so anyway, at the same time, the uh, hobo is running down a hallway because he sees uh, a military man. He's like, ah, help, 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 help us, help us, help us. And our protagonist is like, what's going on? Like, he looks weird. And then... All of a sudden, more zombies come down that way. And then, so now, it doesn't matter. Main square, east square, doesn't matter. Nothing safe. And they need to run back to the train. Meanwhile, we didn't say this, but the COO has said to the conductor and the Blue Jacket attendant, we have to get to Busan. All these cities are quarantined. Busan is still open. We have to get to Busan. And so, start the train, get it moving. And we are going to go. And uh, the conductor's like, "Well, let me tell everyone." And he's like, "No, you start it now." Um, but doesn't matter. Everyone's coming back now, <laughs> and the train's getting started up, and it's going to leave. And everyone gets sort of separated.
1: So, very much like Titanic. <laughs> yes, um, Madon Suk and his wife are going to grab Suwan. As they yeah. run back to the uh-huh. train. Uh, they don't give a shit that her dad sucks. They just want to save the little girl. And that's a pretty great moment. And then they see that the guy, her father, might get killed. They see him struggling with a zombie. And as he's struggling. Oh, this is a great moment. The homeless guy runs by and just throws his jacket casually on the yeah, face. As he's
0: running by <laughs> on, on the, the, the zombie of the zombie. He's like, Whoa, what What happened? Everything went dark. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, because we said they don't have object permanence, so he's like, shit, where did the person go? And that allows the father to get yes. away. But
0: all this zombie crowd stuff, which we're getting for the first time in an open area, is really awesome. I think it's great action.
1: Yes, I think it's well done. I think the extras are fantastic. I think the makeup is great. I think it's really fun. I like this scene yeah. a lot. Uh, so,
0: here's what we get as far as separation goes. So, we have... A uh, pregnant wife, Suan, an the hobo, and one of the two elderly sisters. They are trapped in the bathroom in car thirteen. The baseball player young gook Sang-hwa, who is uh, Gilgamesh, and Suk-woo, our protagonist, are in car nine.
1: Only because Madan Suk waited. And said, "Asshole, get over yeah, here! Uh-huh.
0: Get here now!" He didn't yeah. shut
1: the door on him, even the door though door he him. had the op- opportunity yes. to do so.
0: So we have our three sort of manly characters, right? The young baseball player, the big buff guy, and our protagonist.
1: Yes, our three men have been uh, separated from our three women. Yes, and, and also, the <laughs> <laughs> and also, the sisters have been separated.
0: Everyone else is in car fifteen including the elderly woman's sister.
1: Yes. Let's point out that the men hadn't gotten on yet when the attendant told the conductor to go. Let's remind ourselves that they had no way of knowing whether those guys survived. Yes, totally. So... I was okay with the attendant doing the asshole move here and saying we got to go. Right, but he's because approaching. Because there is no way to know whether or not they live. He
0: is on his way towards peak assholedom.
1: Though. Yes, he is going to He is headed evil in that direction.
0: Is. He is headed in that direction. Things are getting worse for him.
1: He's being turned by the COO. The COO, which is interesting because earlier the COO told him to shut the door and the attendant was like fuck you, there's more people I can save. Yeah. uh So, like, you thought he was going to be... Stand
0: up to the... Stand up character. Yeah, no.
1: Which the girl thought, too. Uh The girlfriend of the baseball player thought she could rely on this guy and he will be turned.
0: Yeah, so that's going to be sort of the conversation here is that she's desperate to get to her boyfriend, who I... am The guy she likes. By the end, they are going to be a couple, kind of. So... We'll, ju- we'll just say, yes. The baseball player and his girlfriend, uh, yeah. So, she gets really upset because nobody wants to save anybody. They're safe in car 15, and that is where they are going to stay.
1: Well, at this point, that's not really the issue. They just want to get the train going. It's after they find yeah. out that they're still on the train. that. They're
0: but the between station. everybody, so we have car 15 and car 9, right, are the two ends of our, where our characters are. In the middle is just car after car of zombie. And then in car 13 is the bathroom full of the people we love. So how do we save them? And so our manly men need to nut up, I guess, and fight their way through the cars. So they have a couple of things. In getting on the train, Gilgamesh has picked up a riot shield and a baton. Uh, and they find a bag full of like emergency tape and things like that that they use to tape up their forearms. They're not fucking around. They know they can get bitten, and so but they're they just solving that problem do now. They don't a good
1: enough job. They
0: don't. They don't do anything to their hands, which they could have or done their around their hands. Upper
1: arms, which are also exposed. yeah, right. But they only
0: have so much. The thing that's going to be in front of people is their forearms,
1: right? And this scene is every awesome. Mm -hmm. hallway fight scene you've ever seen. It
0: is, and lots of long shots to do it, which is really cool.
1: But my problem is is that these are not people. These are not people that you're just fighting. These are zombies that are Mm -hmm. trying to eat you, and it just doesn't seem realistic to me.
0: This is the first time that we get the revelation that they don't see well in low light, and they sort of become docile when they get distracted and don't know you're there anymore. That's going to be a thing they learn. And, and they'll it's use very, that very advantage. important
1: that it happens mid-fight. Yes. It's really important for what happens yes. later. Because uh-huh. it's not like they were trying to find them. They yeah. knew where they were in yes. this moment when they got distracted.
0: And then they use a sound. They throw something. Oh, no, he uses the cell phone.
1: First he uses the bat. Uh-huh to tap to tap and to see
0: that they'll they'll go in that, that direction works. but then he, he, then he calls the he calls Gilgamesh's phone he slides it away and calls it
1: Why do you have such a tacky phone? a <laughs> ringtone
0: yeah. Ring uh-huh. yeah
1: I don't know. How do you change it? <laughs> How do you change
0: it? He asked the baseball player who also laughs at him. Yeah, because they, they're having this conversation because they do eventually make their way to car 13 in the bathroom. But then they're going to be out of a tunnel, so it's not going to be dark anymore. And they, now they're separated into the bathrooms across from each other.
1: Right. So remember that the baseball guy has his phone. And he has already contacted his girlfriend at this point and told her, hey, we made it. And then he texts her and says, hey, we're we're only like a car away. We're getting yeah, to you, uh-huh. right? And the girl tells them, she's all excited. Oh my God, they're here. We can save more people. Isn't this wonderful? And the COO is like, you think they got all the way here and didn't get infected? And I'm like, wait a minute. Now the infected can text?
0: Right, yeah, uh-huh.
1: What have we seen so far that makes us believe they can text? Right. It It's... It's absurd. It is I absurd. I don't think it's
0: I don't think it's that absurd. I like it is believable to me. It is more like he is finding whatever reason oh, possible.
1: Him, him, I believe. He's the villain of the story. He's evil. He has already tried to kill so many people. No, but people. but but also for good
0: reason for self preservation. It's and, not yes. just to keep it. it's not like he's having fun killing right, people. Right, no, I
1: get that. My point is, and I get that self preservation, I totally get that. How he could convince an entire car full of people that are not villainous like he is.
0: frightened people, and he is in a position of authority, and... How and why? Because he, he's the chief operations officer for the, the transportation company. Like, he has... He's a, he sounds like somebody who knows what he's doing. He is providing instructions, and certain people will respond well to guidance. Especially in moments of panic.
1: I guess I just will always be the person in the room that's like, fuck all of you. Right.
0: But there is a reason why all those people made it to the train first. Because they were already self-interested. So, in any case, they're going to do whatever they can to prevent them from getting in because they're not even taking a single chance. On their survival.
1: And this is not alien situation, people. Yes, it's not not like a quarantine.
0: Nobody's been proven to be infected or anything like that.
1: This is... These people are... We already know what's going to happen if they get inside.
0: Right. Like, uh, if you go back and you listen to our alien and our Prometheus episode, I think, we talk about how ridiculous it is that people do not listen to Ripley when she's (laughs) like... It's quarantine! We cannot let them in! They should have listened to Ripley and then none of this would have happened, you know? This isn't that. No. So, when they do manage to make their way there by climbing over the luggage racks... Which
1: I thought was cool. It
0: was interesting. So they got, like, halfway above them and then threw something behind them. So now they're past these zombies. They they do end up making their way there but the door's not opening. And then they exit the tunnel. So they plan this all out because they have GPS and they can see when they're going to hit a tunnel, right? They only have two minutes to get there. and They get there just fine, but the door's not opening because they're holding it closed and they've tied it closed even. They will not let them in, but now they're out of the tunnel and the zombies see them and they need to fight. Um,
1: because the fucking homeless guy crunched on a soda can like yeah. an asshole.
0: Well, but, you know, our protagonist tried to save him. So he's turning more towards Suan, right?
1: So the kid with the baseball bat is just smashing the door. Yes. To, to get them inside. Yes. Fuck these people. And the pregnant wife, uh, husband is holding them back like a fucking human wall.
0: Oh, yeah. Ho de door. Ho
1: the door! Hold the door!
0: <laughs> and the whole time i was like no hit the ones who were blocking the door yes. in the head in the hands very stupid but he's trying to to manhandle this door to keep it open instead of just pushing keep it, closed. it yeah to keep it closed instead of just pushing it he's grabbing it by both sides and when he does that his hand gets bitten like okay well that's predictable and then he has a moment with our protagonist he's like i need you to take care of my wife i'm going to die here so I'm gonna spend my last little bit of life and energy sacrificing myself, protecting you from all these zombies, because this door is going to open and you need to get through that other door, right? And so what he does is he lets the door open, right? It, it slams open, he picks up one of the zombies and holds him sideways and pushes him against the rest the this mob and is holding them at bay. It's awesome. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah. So, yes, they do manage to get into this other one. Now, there are, like, compartments in between the cars. So, yes, our baseball player did smash that window that they were trying to hold closed. But there is another door that they're able to close behind them.
1: I'd like to also point out that during this moment... The sister is going to realize that her sister is on the other side. So she's going to get up and be like, let them in. And some dude is going to just knock an old lady out. Yeah. Just push her out of the fucking way.
0: Now, but as soon as they get separated, you're like, oh, this lady is going to be trouble for these survivors. She's going to be devastated by losing her sister. Like, as soon as they got separated, all the way back at that last stop that they made, you knew that was going to happen. Sure enough, it does.
1: But I think it's well done. (laughs) Yes. Maybe you saw it coming. I didn't necessarily see it coming. I wasn't thinking about it. There was too much chaos to really be thinking about what was going to happen next for me. But I thought it was well done still.
0: Gilgamesh and this older sister, the one who was separated in the back with the pregnant wife and uh, Suan, they both die.
1: Meanwhile, the COO is going to see... Sue on like crying Uh I thought that was going to be his moment of change Uh which I thought would have been kind of lame but that's what I thought what they were going to do they just did nothing with it he's not phased at all
0: well I think that's what they did with it (laughs) so now there's an argument of you guys are unsafe we don't know what's wrong with you you need to get out of here, you need to leave, you cannot be in this car with us. And in their insistence that the safer thing to do would be to eject these people, they make those people that they're afraid of safer. Yeah. Because they have to go to the vestibule in between car 15 and the engine, right? Which,
1: in the moment, I was like, why would you push them further away from the danger well, because and yourself
0: the, closer? there is no closer to the danger. The danger is right on the other side of the door. And the vestibule isn't big enough to hold all those people. So if there's going to be a separation, that means our newcomers have to go in this vestibule. Which, again, are the baseball player, our protagonist, pregnant wife, Sue Ann, and the hobo's still alive at this point, right?
1: Yeah, and the baseball's girlfriend is like, oh, she fuck goes, these people. Yes, she
0: wants to go with them, and he is like, no, this place is safer for you. And she says, I don't care. I want to be where you are.
1: Well, but also, like, it's it's absurd to me that no one says anything, no one does anything to make these people, like, feel guilty. Like, I would be... Shouting from the rooftops how evil these people are and yeah. how crazy they are and how oh, yeah. we live in a society and how you one are thing, the ra- reason that society crumbled as quickly as it did. One thing
0: like, you didn't say is that when car 15 was closed off and they tied the door closed and all of that, the attendant, the blue jacket attendant, uh, has Jinhee, the girlfriend, has her pinned down. Like, he has his arm around her and his hand over her mouth so she can't scream. Like, restraining her. And she is desperate to get to her boyfriend, right? And he is physically restraining her and it's really fucked up. At this point, our attendant guy has gone full villain.
1: Yes, he is on the side of the COO who he was against earlier in the film. But
0: everyone here forces our newcomers out and they go into this vestibule Past car fifteen. Meanwhile, elderly sister, the one who's not actually elderly, who's just wearing makeup and wig, is like, "Fuck all this! Fuck all these people! I see my sister right there. She's already a zombie."
1: Didn't make any sense. Fuck everything. Didn't make it, by the way.
0: Well, they needed they needed something, right? But the way
1: that it happened, it was just like, "Why is she not going forward to the car?"
0: Yes, she was just kind of frozen. But again, fight, flight. Or freeze.
1: But she sees her sister. You'd think she'd run to her sister. Yeah. Anyway. She, she opens she the door. So that upsets the sister. She's like, fuck these people <laughs> and uh, lets in the zombies, which is great. And
0: kills every survivor except the ones who are locked in this vestibule.
1: Very, very satisfying.
0: What we will find out later is that the COO and the attendant have locked themselves in the bathroom and they survive.
1: Problem. Huge problem.
0: How do they get in there?
1: <laughs> no, well that, but also, they go through a tunnel during this scene. Why not just not have them go through it? Oh tunnel? yeah,
0: this is that moment. They're still because it's like an effective visual cue, and they they do some some things with like the speed of the film. Uh, it looks cool, but yes, they are in a tunnel. the The, the best thing I can say is that they were already mid fight.
1: They were earlier.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. They just shouldn't have gone through a tunnel in this moment.
1: And they don't stop. They don't get distracted. They don't stop. They just continue to attack. And that really bothered me. Really, really bothered me.
0: I totally get that. So, the conductor, who's just in the engine of the train this entire time, uh, he sees that the track in front of them is... Blocked. And so he has to bring the train to a stop and they need to switch tracks. So what he gives an announcement. He says, I'm going to go back to another track on the far left, grab that train and pull it up to here. You guys either stay here and wait to be rescued or come to the other train. And so now our survivors are one, conductor, two, Sukwoo, our uh, protagonist, Suan, his daughter, the pregnant woman, uh, Young Gok, the baseball player, Jin he, his new girlfriend. The hobo and the COO, who is hidden in the bathroom in the infested car, and the blue-shirt attendant, who is also hidden in the bathroom with him. Those are all the survivors from the entire train. Nine people. So, yes, the conductor goes out and gets that other train. Uh, Everyone's sort of getting out. At which point, a flaming train comes down another track. It is a runaway train, never coming back. Wrong way on a one-way track and slams into the blockage and it knocks the train that everyone was on. It tips it over uh, and it traps a lot of our survivors in the wreckage in between the infested car, which is leaning over them, and another train on the next track.
1: You know who it doesn't trap is the COO, COO who has already uh, used the attendant who yes. was helping him as throws him distraction out distraction yes. for the zombies to get away? And I was like, "That's what you get for helping that asshole." Yeah, uh-huh. uh huh.
0: That's, that's what happens when yeah. you turn to the dark side. When, well, man. when you start partnering up with people who are self interested, that's the reason why they survive so long. You need to be on the lookout for what they're going to do to you because mm-hmm. they will sacrifice you. But yes, he looks out the bathroom and is like. Oh, shit, there are zombies there. And when he closes the door, he tells the attendant, Oh, yeah, total, coast is clear. Well, well, why don't you go first? And then when he opens the door and the attendant's like, Oh, my God, there's a zombie right there. He shoves him out and then runs by Mm -hmm. and he gets out. Uh, He will also do the same thing to the conductor. When the conductor is bringing this new train up and it's going at sort of a slow speed,
1: the conductor, will the
0: conductor will stop Jump off him. Yeah, the train will keep going, but he'll, he'll jump remember, off to help him. Because remember, the
1: conductor him. has no idea what's been he going on. Yeah, he's
0: just been in the engine this entire time. <laughs> and hilariously, the COO will roll his ankle trying to get to this other train, and he'll Fuck fall down. Guy. So Fuck the conductor will go to help him, and the COO will use him in order to get away again. So now the conductor's dead, and the COO is on the engine. Now, in order to get everyone else... Onto this new train. Oh, a couple of other things happen, which we didn't mention. Uh, The girlfriend gets infected. It devastates the baseball player. And he He holds her as she turns. And he cries. And then when she turns, she bites him.
1: It's so sad. As he's crying. It's devastating. Oh, and she got bit because of the COO. Because he shoved her.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Fuck that guy. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Our main character is going to help the remaining survivors...
1: The homeless guy is gonna is gonna kill sacrifice himself. For yeah, the he
0: sacrificed himself similarly to Gilgamesh. He will hold off these zombies who are breaking through this window in order to allow them time to get out from under the rubble. And so now we have four survivors.
1: And this is probably my favorite scene of the whole film, when they are running through the train yard, he is holding the girl, the pregnant woman is is, is running, running next to him, yeah. and all these zombies are coming from all Every these different direction. lo- yeah. directions, uh-huh. and they are all running towards them, and they are trying to get to the train, and it reminded me a lot of Host, or The Host, not the to be host. confused with Host. Yeah. <laughs> ah, uh, the host where the running scene with him running across the, the stairs and the thing is coming. Oh after yeah. Him. Uh-huh, yeah. It felt a lot like that, but I didn't care. It was really well done. And at this point, All you want are these three people to survive. That's all I
0: need. (laughs) So they get on the engine, which is just uh, by itself right now. But enough zombies have caught up and grabbed onto the railing at the back of the engine. And then zombie grabs onto zombie. Then zombie climbs over zombie. This is a very World War Z type thing. And now they're just being dragged behind the engine. And then more zombies are climbing up. And that's how they're going to get on this train engine. And meanwhile, he's going to be like kicking their hands and stuff like that, trying futilely. This moment does go on for too long. In reality, there are the things that you would do to get these zombies off. You would do a lot faster than it takes him to do. But eventually, yes, he does kick them all off and they are left behind. He's like, ah, okay, great. Let's get inside this engine and let's figure things out. And he goes and there's the COO... Who's been turned. ...who's been infected. He hasn't quite turned yet, but it's very obvious that it's happening. And he is terrified. The COO is. this. He's showing the sheer terror that led him to do the things he's done so far. And those things have not saved him. And he is just scared.
1: He is very similar to the guy from The Langoliers. <laughs>
0: Yes. And I feel... Balky Bartakamus from the Langoliers. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: And I feel like this... Scaring the little girl? Scaring the little girl? I feel like this is a really good <laughs> way to look at that character. And I think it's very realistic. Is that like... But you can
0: see why I say that it's people, very tropey. These are tropes.
1: But the worst people in the world are probably scared, scared children. Yeah, uh-huh.
0: So there is now a fight scene on the engine where our protagonist needs to prevent the COO, who is now a zombie, from getting to his daughter and this pregnant woman. And again, lots of things that he could easily do, but it just doesn't work out that way. He ends up getting bitten in the process. How he finally gets rid of the COO is he grabs a chain. He chains himself to the railing. He grabs the COO and throws them both over the railing and lets go of the COO. But he's chained up, so he's able to pull himself back up.
1: So he can have his moment with his daughter, and this is just so tragic. Oh, my God! Yeah, the CD. So
0: he brings them both into the engine compartment, and he tells the pregnant woman... Okay, here's the break. Slow down before you stop. Like, this is how you need to do it. You need to know how to do this before I turn. And then he goes to his daughter and has a conversation with her. And she is like, I don't want you to go.
1: Because earlier in the film, she had made him promise to stay with her.
0: Yes. And she does not quite realize that that's not within his power. He can't bear saying goodbye to her. So he doesn't. He just leaves. And it's not like a it's not like a heartless thing that he does. It's just like there's not a long protracted goodbye. It's just like you're going to be okay.
1: And she is just crying she her is, eyes out. Oh,
0: it just breaks your heart. He gets up to leave and then the pregnant woman needs to hold her back. Keep her inside this engine compartment as he walks out and he walks down the length of this engine and then walks to the back where she can't see him and he has a breakdown. It's just Devastating. And in his mind, as he's starting to turn, his little lizard brain starts like kicking in and he starts having memories of when she was born. And it makes him happy. And he starts smiling. And as he's turning and his eyes are milking over, he falls from the back of the train as she is screaming and crying in the engine compartment. It is just fucking devastating. I cannot imagine how difficult this must be for fathers to watch. (laughs) I cannot imagine. It was tough for me. And I don't have any kids. <laughs> I can only imagine what that must be like for a father, let alone a parent.
1: It was very well done. Very, very sad. And normally I would think this kind of stuff was savvy, but I thought it was done very, very well.
0: Yeah. And he makes sure it's out of her view. Like, oh, man, it's rough.
1: If you played the game The Walking Dead, uh-huh. the first one. Is it the first one? It's the second one, isn't
0: it? I think it's the end of the first one, it's isn't the it? the end of the first Yeah, one? I think it's the end of the first one.
1: Oh my god! Yes, that
0: was also devastating. Yes, it was.
1: Fathers leaving daughters <laughs> is just so heartbreaking. Uh-huh.
0: So they manage to get to the end of these tracks where they're blocked again. And there's a big tunnel that they're going to need to walk down. And they start... Because they're exhausted shuffling down this tunnel. And we get to see on the other end of the tunnel that there is a military checkpoint there. And there is a sniper and a spotter next to him. And they're looking down and they see somebody. And they're like, oh my god, it might be a person. And so they call to their commander. And they're like, might be a person. And they're like, well, check. Can you confirm are they a zombie? And they're just kind of shambling down, walking down. They are holding hands, but still. They can't really make them out. They're sort of backlit in this in this tunnel. And they say, we can't confirm visually. And instead of being like, well, wait until you can, the commander's like, kill them. Kill them now. Take no chances. And so just as they're about to pull the trigger, you can see the sniper squeeze the trigger a little bit. We start to hear aloha oi from Suan. She has... Previously told her father that the reason she froze, like I said before, is because he wasn't there and she needed his support. And here she is singing the song now. It's very sappy because he is gone and he's never coming back and she's never going to see him again. But she still manages to get through the song like that's powerful. He told
1: her to finish what she what she started.
0: Right. Yeah. So it's very, very sappy, but it is still powerful And it also is the moment, two birds, it's how they can confirm that they are human and not
1: zombies. (laughs) And
0: uh, that's the end of the movie.
1: I think just, it's very good. It's
0: very good. I think
1: it's very good. Just I, I just can't stand the inconsistencies yes. and the feeling that, like, no, redo that shot. Make it seem more like a threat.
0: There is a combination of zombie tropes and Korean melodrama where I can understand why people would reject this movie. And I am not sort of turned on by... All the zombie tropes. But everything it does new is very interesting. The Korean melodrama uh, is compelling. I'm sorry, I love it. I think it is a very well-made movie. I think it is my problem that I'm kind of done with zombie movies. It's not this movie's problem. But for the love of God, do something new in zombies. Please, please, please. So, Kelsey, what do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes?
1: I'm sure it's very high. In fact, I think I know. What is it? Is it 94?
0: It is 94. Train to Busan delivers a thrillingly unique and purely entertaining take on the zombie genre with fully realized characters and plenty of social commentary to underscore the bursts of skillfully staged action. Yeah, all the action inside the the train cars was actually, you know, it was really cool. It was well done. Some long shots that were very impressive.
1: We've just, we've all seen the hallway fight scenes. Yes. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Uh, So, Metacritic of 73. Do you think that this is overrated or underrated?
1: 94 is a little high. Yes. I'm going to give it an 84.
0: Yeah. I think 84 is good. I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Uh, I think this is a great movie. It really is. Very good. Mm -hmm. But is it the second coming? No. It's not. It is just... Oh, Resurrection. (laughs) The look that Kelsey gave me. (laughs) It is a zombie movie. It's a zombie movie done well and done interestingly, but it is still just another zombie movie. Yeah, it's not like this revolution in filmmaking or anything like that. (laughs) But it is very, very good for what it is. Uh, So 84, I think, actually does hit the nail on the head there. And that is Resurrection Week on Pod Cemetery with the classic film 1985's Day of the Dead and the modern film 2016's Train to Busan. Kelsey, what are we watching next week?
1: Next week is Earth Day.
0: Really grasping here, Kels. What are we watching?
1: We are watching Little Shop of Horrors, which has been recommended. I know whoever it was recommended, they wanted us to watch the original with the one from the 80s. That's too much of
0: a stretch. Way
1: too big of a stretch. Even though I have seen the original, and trust me, guys, it's actually very good. I highly recommend that you see it, but the 80s Little Shop of Horrors is one of my...
0: 1986, yeah.
1: ...favorite films Mm -hmm. of all time. So... We'll get back to that, just like we'll get back to um, House of Wax. Eventually, we'll watch these (laughs) original films, okay? But we're going to do Little Shop of Horrors. Who was it recommended by? Jeffrey. (laughs) Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) These were, like, all recommended around the same time, and we just happened to be going into this group that he recommended.
1: Now let's look and see if somebody has recommended our second film... The Happening.
0: Oh, no. It's Earth Day. Killer Plants. No one has recommended The Happening. Order no one wants watching. us to watch it. What? No. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Look, like, I, I don't think anyone is confused about whether or not we're going to like that movie, but it's going to be fun I because it's yeah. so, so bad that mm-hmm. it's going to be fun to make fun of it. That's what I'm telling myself.
0: So that is next week, 1986's Little Shop of Horrors and 2008's The Happening. Until then, you can always find us on our website, podcemetery.com, and follow us on Twitter, at PodCemetery. Don't forget to rate and review on your podcatcher of choice. Five-star written review is the biggest help you can give us there. Even bigger than that is sharing this with your friends, and even bigger than that is listening in the G-D first place. Thank you all very, very much. We love each and every one of you. Until next week, I've been Chris.
1: I've been Kelsey.
0: And this has been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Kelsey, any last words?
1: Well, what do you know? We're heroes after all. What a relief.
0: Capitalism. Hooray. Uh, okay, you ready for a quiet time? Don't look at me like that. Yeah, I've been ready for a quiet time. You've been telling the story. <laughs> oh, this is really fucking helpful. It's an article that starts out last week, and yet the article isn't dated. So really fucking helpful. Fanfest.com and...
1: I think I remember that Helena is the one who runs away to get married.
0: I think that's the case. And Hermia is the one that nobody loves.
1: Right. Because the one. Who I think that's true. I'm not sure.
0: And then both the dudes get the drops in their eyes and then they, they fall in love with Hermia. Hermia. And Helena's like, hey, what the fuck? Both of you guys wanted me and now you and don't turns anymore? And on
1: her friend. Yeah, and Hermia's her
0: like, you guys fucking suck. Are you Hermia fucking with on me? purpose. Right, but she these guys would ignore her the entire time, and then then they turn their affections towards her. She's like, "You guys are obviously picking on me, and you fucking suck."
1: Right, <laughs> but then Helena turns on her friend. It's like you did this on purpose. But
0: then everything turns out fine in the end.
1: Why are we talking about this?
0: When your parents over here are having sex, <laughs> and you're just like right here against the wall. <laughs> My brother is adopted, and I. Am Immaculate Conception.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nut up, I guess.